Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global... Hey, High Flyers, your boy High Five Tom, and I'm going to do a quick preamble here, um, you know, before Will and I start recording, just to kind of give everyone uh, what's going on. Uh, so basically, we, we will be going over, you know, the big events, and I'm, I won't talk about too much, but it's uh, Doomsday, Final Ring of Honors, Final Batter 2012. Uh, we will be going over TV uh, first also, but it's a big event for me, and like I said, I, we will go over this in the podcast and when Will and I start recording, but I do want to kind of also, we're doing something a little different. I had some good friends that were in the building or watched it in real time. Uh, first and foremost, I want to um, for, uh Thank High Fiver, uh, my good friend Mickey Dune, uh, for you know adding. Uh, he sent me a message. He was in the building, on uh, just kind of his his memories. He didn't have the DVD or anything. Just kind of everything he remembered from being uh, in the event and in uh, being in the building. And and then uh, after that, I did have our uh, good friend uh, Phil Rea, the Impact player uh, of uh, Turnbuckle Throwbacks. And Phil recorded Will and I a really awesome message, just kind of, you know, his memories watching it with Hammer, uh, his stepson and everything. And if you know the Turnbuckle Throwbooks, I uh, know the infamous Hammer and everything. So I just want to thank Phil for that. So we threw that in there. And then lastly, my good friend Trent Sabiri, uh, Trent, you know, from the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. You know, Trent and I often review the AAW shows, uh, but Trent was also in the building. So Trent and I sat down for a good 15, 20 minutes, just kind of going over all of his memories. You know, from Final Battle 2012. So, uh, it's going to be a little bit different of an episode. You know, we'll throw in some extra samples from everybody. And obviously, I want to thank those three guys. And I want to thank everybody for all their help. Uh, we've got another awesome question of dishonor this week from Brundon. Uh, so, stay tuned for that. But, uh, hope everyone enjoys. And listen, you know, give us our feedback. And uh, next week, um, you know, will be the, the year end. So, you know, if anyone's got any favorite memories, of uh, Ring of Honor from 2012, just send uh, Will and I, you know, a message either via text message or via, you know, Twitter or anything like that, and we'll get everyone's uh, questions or comments, you know, f- for next week. So, uh, thank you so much, High Fivers, and I hope everyone enjoys this episode. What up, High Flyers? This is your boy, High Five Tom, and I got my very, very good friend here, my Oakland-nominated podcast co-host. We've got Will, or you're too slow, Will. Will, how are you this evening? Will's not too slow. You're too slow because Will said you're too slow. Oh no, I'm slow. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm doing all right. You know, as good as a uh, retail grocery store employee can be. Uh, uh, four, four days from Christmas. You know, I don't I don't believe in the Lord or anything. But if you if I did, you would be doing the Lord's work, Will. That's uh. That's tough shit. With what the with the department I'm working in this year, it doesn't seem to be as bad. I mean, obviously, Saturday, the day this episode's dropping. Yeah. 
ho 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 Christmas Eve and all that. Uh, there's gonna be a lot to do on Christmas Eve, but I mean, obviously, people aren't really looking to load up on a lot of the stuff earlier in the week, so it's just getting through there. But how are you? I'm good. Um, yeah, we are here in Wisconsin. Are expecting a snow apocalypse. It's like four to six fucking inches of snow, and I'm just like, wow. If I was out west, that'd be like a fucking dusting. But uh, yeah, Faith and I, um, after my dentist appointment on Tuesday, we went grocery shopping. I'm like, it's ten thirty on a Tuesday morning. And it was fucking Thunderdome in the goddamn grocery store. I'm like, what the fuck is going? On? I came here so it'd be quiet. The shelves were empty, but everyone's panicking. But you know, things are good. Looking kind of looking, actually looking forward to the holiday for a change. Um, I hate Christmas, but. You know, it is what it is, but well, the big I one- don't have I don't have beef Christmas Day. The, the the days leading up to it, and just like there's a pressure. Like when you're a kid, there's no pressure at Christmas time, right? It's like it's Christmas time. Yeah. When you're an adult, it's like oh, it's Christmas time. I've got to get cards. I've got to follow up on party invitations. I've got to buy gifts. I've got to try to make plans to see everybody. Yeah. I've got to make food. <laughs> I don't just get to eat. I've got to actually cook it myself. Yeah. We're, uh, yeah, we just got Papa Murphy's, or we just got Papa Murphy's pizza. So we're just going to throw the pizzas in and my mom's making a salad and we're just going to fucking hang out. Cause I mean, it sucks because we have all these holidays and my mom spends half the time in the fucking kitchen. I'm like, mom, I didn't come over here and hang out with you in the fucking kitchen. And it's like, God damn. I mean, now, now, now that it's just us, I mean, it's easy enough. We'll do the, the old boneless spiral ham, yeah. some potatoes, mm. probably a salad, some other vegetables, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Mom the Bomb. She made her uh, podcast debut last week. So it was well received from, from the high fires. That's know. right. But, well, you had a, you had a big first this week, though. I did. Uh, I went to my first professional hockey game where I saw the, the Bruins. The, the, they, the, the, the Florida fellas closed the gap in the second period, but boy, they, they did not look great in that first period. I was like, we're watching like, like a murder. There was two <laughs> murders on Monday night. <laughs> and I felt bad because there was – the, so, like, the row that we were sitting, it was, like, full. Yeah. The next row ahead of us was kind of sparse, but one of the, like, right in front of us, there was a girl in a Marshawn jersey, because, of course, everybody there has got a Marshawn jersey yeah. or Bergeron jersey. And she was there with a guy, don't know what the relation is, but he apparently is a, a Florida fan. Mm. And then in front of him is a row of all all – the bros, right? They all got their beers. They all got their jerseys on. And every time, you know, the Bruins would score a goal, they're all like high five, fist bump, whatever. And they'd always turn around and like try to get them to like fist bump them. <laughs> uh, sports team. But it was a lot of fun. I, I had never been to the garden before. I'd never been to a professional hockey game before. I mean, given where I grew up, you would think that hockey – is like second nature, you know, that we pop out of the, the womb with our, our gallon of maple syrup and a hockey stick. Right. 
but never like my dad didn't watch hockey really when I was growing up, which I'm really surprised that he doesn't seem to follow hockey that much because he was a big hockey player, like when he was in school and stuff. But it was a lot of fun. I definitely think hockey, I can, I feel like I can confidently say hockey would be my favorite sport to watch just because there's not as much start, stop, start, stop, where you could get like a decent amount of time going. A lot of Without action. stopping, and even and even when they do stop, like usually it's like just a wee bit, and then like they're right back into it. It's not, and you can see great sightline everywhere at TD Garden. So that building, so that building was built for hockey, then, huh? Probably for hockey. I mean, yeah, because it's you're uh, you're you're asking a lot of questions of me, Tom. I'm not really a, I'm not. First of all, I'm not a Boston. Awesome. fan at all did i mean guys, i was that night did you guys stay I, I, I was a boston yeah was it just, what's that did you guys stay over or is it just a day trip oh i can you can get to boston in like 45 minutes from my apartment okay traffic depending yeah. getting into boston takes forever getting out not so bad right so um what was i gonna ask Oh, um, yeah, because the old uh, Bradley Center here in Milwaukee was built for hockey, but we never got a hockey team, so it was, it was shit for basketball. But um, but there's a big It's kind of fascinating. They they So was there supposed to be a hockey team? There was rumors in the late 80s um, that actually the Tampa Bay, what became the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, were supposed to come to Milwaukee and be the Milwaukee Irons, which would have been a cool name. But the, the issue is there's a radius clause with the NHL with the, the Blackhawks. So the Blackhawks put the, the kibosh on it, I guess. So um, so there's no Milwaukee hockey team? There is. Just not an NHL team. So we do have the Milwaukee Admirals, which is basically the AAA team for the Nashville Predators. Um, which is why you're a Nashville Predators guy. No, I'm not a Nashville Predators or not, not. I'm a Red Wings guy. I just guy. thought that because you – I just thought that because you went to – Predators game. Yeah. But they're playing the Red Wings, which is my team. The which ones? The Detroit Red Wings. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, but even though I haven't really watched hockey as much, and um, and I'm embarrassed to say so, you know. But, yeah, uh, and Admirals, and Admirals games are fun, but it's crazy. Like, yeah, it's just one level down, but the speed the NHL players guy is playing, it's just – it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, these guys are, are yeah. I mean, any athlete that's, that's being paid the money that any quote unquote professional athlete is an amazing athlete, but hockey players are just built. I mean, what these guys can do on skates, I, mean, I can barely do on shoot sneakers on the ground. Yeah, I mean, these motherfuckers could probably beat me on my bike back bike skating backwards. You know, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, that's what, all. What cracked me up. What uh, is before the game starts? They're going over like the rules. They go over the, the super long video about like where all the emergency exits are. Yeah. But there's a, a two beer maximum for everybody in attendance. I'm like, how? How are they going to <laughs> Now they can only serve you no. at a time? That's usually what it is. 
Like if you buy yeah, that may have been it, but like the way the way they explained it is is two beers maximum, and you can't pass your drink to other people, no matter what age of the person is. Good luck. They also said you're not supposed to make any inappropriate gestures, no foul language, no obscenities at the opposing team or other fans. I'm like. People haven't been to a sports game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously times are different. I mean, when my as I mentioned, my dad played hockey a lot. They uh he played for a uh, high school's Missisquoi Valley Union. Mm-hmm. And the opposing team that we had beef with, which is actually the school that I went to high school at, uh would call them the the Missisquoi Valley River rats. And they would throw rats on the rink and skate over them when they'd play there. So, I mean, like, we're obviously long past stuff like that, but... Yeah. But that was... It was a ton of fun. Like I said, for us, it's not that bad of a drive. Yeah. The weather was nice. And you guys don't have snow like that. Not really. There's still some residual stuff from when we got snow uh, last week. Yeah. But we're looking at uh, thunderstorms Christmas Eve, and then it's going to drop, and it's going to get cold, and so it's all going to ice over. Yeah. Well, happy winter solstice, Will, by the way. Today is the shortest day of the year. The days start getting longer going forward, so I got that looking looking forward to. So. Can't wait. This this whole it's dark when I go in, it's dark when I come out. Things really for the birds. Yeah. Man, I remember my first job out of high school. I worked third shift, and it was the exact opposite. So it'd still be sun out when I went to work, and the sun would be back up when I left work. It's like there was no night. That's fucking weird. But I mean, I was eighteen years old. Fuck did I care? So when I worked in Portsmouth, it was rough because I'd always when I worked the mornings. Because I would be driving east in the morning and west in the afternoon. So I would always be like driving into the sun. Yeah. Annoying. But, you know, not, not to rush us along, but this is a wrestling podcast. I mean, it's specifically oh, yeah. a, a, a Ring of Honor podcast. But, but let's face it, good thing this podcast is about Ring of Honor from 10 years ago because it's not like I want to talk about current Ring of Honor. No. I, I will take a, a moment to, to shout out and give folks some notice. Uh, if you're going to be in the New England neck of the woods, uh, January 6th, I plan on being in Hooksit, New Hampshire, for WFA Pro Wrestling. Mm. Their return show featuring Kingpin Brian Malonis, Manchester's own, former Ring of Honor superstar. Yeah. Former. NWA superstar. And a really nice and, guy. Uh, in the life. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. A couple other names on this list that I recognize, like a uh, world class Channing Thomas. I know he wrestles up in uh, northern Vermont. I know my dad and my brother have seen him at uh, ETWA up there. Yeah. Uh, Sazzy Boatwright and uh, Little Mean Kathleen. I love that name. Who was uh, on AEW Dark not too, too long ago. Nice. And also recently had a match with Allie Catch. It did not go well for her. 
<laughs> most most people wrestling alley catch does not go well for them. So we have that, and then uh, talk about former Ring of Honor talents, Chaotic Wrestling, current world champion is the MECCA, the Mecca, Brian Johnson. And I plan on being at their first show of next year. It's uh, January 13th. I believe that's a Friday the 13th. It's going to be in Lowell, Massachusetts, and they've already confirmed that Jake Something will be in action. That's awesome. Jake Something's the fucking man. Current AEW champion. He is a big dude. Yeah, nice as can be in real life. I don't mean to break down the fourth wall, but that's the one downs. Like I am, I love that Brian Johnson is committed to the character. Right? He's he's a heel. He he doesn't like you. You can make your own Brian Johnson T-shirt, and he's going to tell you to sit down. He doesn't need any support from bozos like you. (laughs) But he doesn't come out and talk to people at the intermission and stuff. Which is like, I get it. You're in character. You wouldn't. At the same time, like, let me let me set it up ahead of time. Like, if I shoot you at twenty, can I meet you in like the parking lot and have you like berate me in a video or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of surprised he doesn't do that. Because I mean, even I mean, MJF would always do that. I mean, he would sit in line. I remember I saw him at uh, yeah, here's some name dropping um at the the the, the wrestling thing they do before fucking WrestleMania, whatever the fuck that's called. The uh, access. WrestleMania no, weekend. No, the um, WrestleCon. So the independent wrestling thing, yeah. And he's just sitting in lines like, yeah, you know, I hate you all. Come give me your fucking money. Get $20 and I'll berate you, blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah. God damn, Brian Johnson, get your shit together. I'd pay 20 bucks to talk shit. Have shit talk to me. Hey, that, that, that man's got two, uh, two main titles on him now. He's got MCW and Chaotic Wrestling. Oh, he's empty. He's looking to add more. So, yeah. Looks tough without a fucking no facial hair, too. Right. Looks like a totally different dude. Yeah. It's weird. So, yeah, it's crazy. Unfortunately, I will not be making fourth wall wrestling this Friday uh, due to the weather and other things I'm not going to air out in public. Um, So, yeah, I've I've gone to my last event for 2023 or 2022. I'm not making AEW next weekend either. So, what was your favorite wrestling show of the year, Tom? That I saw live? That you saw live. Way to put me on the spot, Will. Um, I don't know. I would really, I mean, obviously the Insane 8 for ICW is always hot, top on the list, but uh, the Insane 8 or Insane or uh, Insane Rumble. Um, for ICW in January is a is a contender for sure. Um did see two match of the year contenders for me, including the Insane Rumble. Uh, you know, my boy Jaden Mercer took on Fletch Malone in a fucking banger of a match. And then uh my good friend Juan Hernandez and Oso, the former Bear Kingdom, fucking tore it up. Uh so that might be my favorite event that I saw live. Um, I mean CCW was cool because I mean we were all together, you know. Show itself. I mean, it's tough when you're so far away, too. You know, so. Um, it, it, that GCW show was somewhere other than New York, and they could have done all the GCW stuff, and they didn't have the time limit that they had to 
Yeah. They had to meet because that definitely, the, the ending being so squirrely was definitely kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously, Forbidden Door was a big deal. Smoke us off table. Off. What are you doing? You've got food. Off table. Now, focus. Um, obviously, Forbidden Door. I mean, that's really tough to beat, too. Um, but once again, we were in the rafters. But um, but you can hear a view of Forbidden Door uh, on the Brain Buster Boys. Weird Boy High Five Tom actually appeared this week. So shout out to Britton Beaumont and Chad and JCB for having me on. Um, Damn, listen to that. Listen to that synergy. Listen to that Visionaries Global Media Synergy. Yeah, and it actually was supposed to be everyone that was at Forbidden Door, but uh, the three people that are not part of Visionaries Global Media couldn't make it. So, yeah, it just ended up being a VGM, uh, like uh, Beaumont said, a VGM fuckfest. So, hey, I call there it. you go. Shit, yeah, I don't know. I, I will have to go back and listen. Yeah, I mean, I saw some pretty good live shows this year. You know, Grand Ole Wrestling, I saw two shows for that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I was ICW and seeing Rumble. Fuck it. I'm making a decision. What's the best live show you saw this year, Will? And yes, Rumble on 44th Street was fun too, because me and you hanging out talking shit to people. Yeah, but that that's definitely kind of felt like the, the New Japan V show though. Yeah. Which is still kind of my like one issue with Strong. I really like watching Strong, but it really feels like the B the, the B show. Yeah. Uh my favorite show, honestly, still, I would still probably say GCW The World was my favorite show that I attended. I mean, I didn't attend a ton this year. Um, I want to work on getting my numbers up a little more next year. Like, because, uh, I mean, I really only went, I went to the GCW show. We went to Rumble on 44th. I went to death before dishonor. I don't. I still don't really want to talk about it. Uh, Hashtag not my. And I went to chaotic. Like I didn't. I didn't really get. Like I didn't really go to the breadth of uh, of companies. I was supposed to go to an ETWA show, and I was really looking forward to that. But we didn't end up going because of the weather. Because I was up in northern Vermont to do the Penguin Plunge, and they canceled the Penguin Plunge. Which to remind folks. The whole idea is that you run into the frozen over lake, and they said, "You know what? It's too cold and shitty for that." That's really cold and shitty. It was the weather outside was horrendous. Yeah, like it was pretty bad. We we assumed the wrestling show was going to get canceled, but it still looked like they had a decent turnout. But it's probably a lot of people who just live in the area. Yeah. Hmm. And we probably could have hazarded a trip out. It's just hard because there's not like a quick way to get there from like where my dad's house is. Like, you have yeah. to kind of go through the mountains. <coughs> so yeah, I'll say uh, I'll say for this year it was a uh, GCW the world. Yeah. And like said, Tom, Tom Tom dragged me out of uh, my seclusion. Yeah. My my hermetic ways in in New Hampshire. You know, and it was cool. We got to hang out with David Henry Barr the third in the real life. Did hung out with with the the Wizards crew, David Bauer. Yeah, I got to meet Bullet Club Rob. Yep, 
I didn't even know what a Bullet Club Bullet Club Rob was, and now I do. He's a great guy. Rob's the shit. Got to meet, got to meet Matt, Kate, Anthony, and Danny. Yeah. Was supposed to have met Brendan. We well, we got that later. Yeah, sorry, Brendan. That well, not necessarily my fault, but everyone wants these stupid fucking football games. Oh, uh, I really wanted to see Tom Brady lose, and we got to see Tom Brady lose. That was great. <laughs> I rather would on old Brendan, but yeah, I understand. So, um, God, yeah, it's it's crazy to think like this weird been this year's been weird. Like Faith and I were talking, so we were in New York in July. It doesn't seem like that was this year. It seems like it was years ago. But then you talk to the GCW show, it seems like the show was last week. It's been a weird year. So like I'm aware that, that that the world was in January, but it does feel like so long ago. Yeah. Whereas our I mean, a lot of stuff happened in July when you're in my neck of the woods and we didn't get together then. We both had a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll happen. So I mean, we did but, get... uh, like that. That doesn't feel like it was that long ago either. But yeah, you know, July six months ago, seven or like five six months ago. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. know. I mean, Faithful mentioned. I'm not sure if we're gonna come back over for this year's new new uh, New York Asian Film Festival. But I don't know. I wouldn't mind. I don't care. So you know, we had a good time. So you know, but we did get to hang out. You know, we had a great time at sushi. Um, and me and you just kind of sitting by ourselves while at the rumble is a lot of fun. I said, just talking shit to people. So in your school, if you, if you wind up this way again, we got to go to a, a dynamite sushi in Hudson, New Hampshire. Okay. That's, that's the spot. Okay. Or I'd, I say, or, I mean, we could do both or Los Reyes, which is like, Legit, like Mexican style tacos. Yeah, in fucking Podunk, Dairy, New Hampshire. My goal is to keep wearing wrestling shirts there and see how many of them the lady comments on and says, "You know, I really like your shirt," without knowing the wrestling shirts. How I many she's done? At least two, right? Twice, yeah. My JT Dunn shirt, which again can't really tell it's a wrestling shirt. And uh, my Bandito shirt. I mean, the Bandito shirt was a little bit of a – that was kind of a softball one, right? It's got it's got Spanish on it and stuff like that. It's like, aha. Yeah. I'm just looking at flight prices because that's that shows April 15th, right? That's usually around when it is, yeah. It's in April. And it is usually around mid-month. Just what are you doing? And that show is Chaotic Cold Fury. It's where I was supposed to have seen Tommaso Ciampa. That's crazy. But this is when he had a neck injury. And he had, uh, we got to see uh, NXT let uh, Hanson come back. So we got to see Hanson instead, which was very cool. That show has been amps. To think about all the people I saw in that gym or now on TV. Damn, all the flights can show up late. Let's see here. 
Well, Will, and uh, listen, we, this, this is a Ring of Honor podcast. I was going to say, I, I was trying to think of a good way to segue from what we were just saying to get us to, to – but We did see Tommaso Ciampa this, this evening. We did because we're, uh, we saw him at Final Battle two, 2012, Doomsday. Nine hours from Chicago to Boston? Fuck right off. Five-hour layover in JFK. Fuck right off. Okay, I'm focusing. Ooh, two for- <laughs> That's not bad. Okay. So, Will, uh, this is, Tom. This is a big show, and we'll we'll get into it once we get there. This is. Um, so, there was a TV episode, Tom, to break down the fourth wall. I being the shitty co-host, I am totally forgot about the TV episode of. Uh, so, why don't you? I won't ask you to go through the entire episode because you said there really wasn't anything new. Like there really wasn't any information given. No. Uh, so, well, uh, want to just give us a rundown of what matches they decided to highlight for their? Yeah. Um, is this the, was this the last TV episode of the year? No, they have one more after this, right? They've got a New Year's edition next this week or next week. Yeah. So. So yeah, so this one, yeah, because this, this aired um, the twenty second of December. Gotcha. So, so yeah, they do have a New Year's where they're going to reveal the match of the year, um, and I'm sure they'll go over some final battle stuff. But uh, the first match of uh, for this one, your, your interview, uh, which was Richards versus Edwards uh, from June, you know, where this is shortly after Davy Richards lost the title to Kevin Steen, you know, and, and you know Eddie Edwards is doing the whole. I'm going to wrestle all the former champs to get back into the, you know, the, the contendership, you know, and what can we say? I mean, it's a Davey Richards versus Eddie Edwards match. I, I don't mean to trivialize it. I mean, it was fucking awesome. I mean, anytime those two guys are in the ring, you know, we, we talk, we may not be the biggest fans of Eddie Edwards, but like we always say, the boy can take a fucking whipping. And I'll tell you what, Davey Richards, no matter what Kylie O'Reilly says, can dish one out. Um, You know, and then uh, Scum does interfere, you know, so Eddie Edwards does get the pin. Uh, but a little foreshadowing here because Kevin Kelly's on commentary, obviously, but with Steve Carino. So I wonder if that's a little foreshadowing, Will. Um, you know, and then they just kind of... I mean, we, 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 we get there at some point. Yeah, and I think it's probably sooner than later. So, because um, I think the T- next TV taping is... Yeah, it's so funny. Like, my mindset with the show is, like, it's happening as we go. Like the next TV tapings in is like January fifth, but it was ten years ago. Um, and next, just um, you know, final battle happened real quick, and we do find out that Eddie Edwards did show up, so we're gonna kind of spoil that. Um, and then we do get um, what was the spot of the year, which was uh, Steen and Jacobs versus Dem Boys, in uh, your boy High Five Tom, Milwaukee Tom's hometown in Milwaukee. The infamous balcony spot uh, from G. Yeah, was that uh, uh, what was that? Oh, what was that? Beer Bruce, City Bat or Brew City Beatdown? Brew City. Yep, that's it. Uh, so great time. So you know that's that spot still talked about today. And then uh, we just finished up the episode with highlight or no? We got uh, highlights from Bennett Storm two uh, back in this is back in August. Um, you know it was a good battle. You know, Landstorm put up a good fight, but at the end of the day, you know, Maria interfered. Bob, you know, Brutal Bob comes in the chair and 
Bennett hates the photo finish. Um, but then we do get a rundown of the champions um, this year. So obviously there's only been two world champions, which is cool. They don't play hot potato with the world championship, which will be um, some foreshadowing here is definitely a trend that continues. We definitely know. Uh, but yeah, this year tag team titles. Um, can you name all four tag team champs? All four tag team champs. So when we started this, I don't know if I necessarily get the order right. There's been it's been four different teams. Mm-hmm. So the year started with two of them fought for the first half of the year over the title. Right. The uh, but did wrestling no Briscoe's had it at the start of the year. Yep. Yeah. And then wrestling's greatest tag team. You know who I almost forgot? I almost forgot Rhett Titus and Yep, I Kenny King. Wondering. Yep, they were. I, I I for I I forgot all about their ranks. I was piecing it together in my head. It's like, who am I missing? Yeah, who's the fourth team I'm missing? I'm missing All Night Express. Yeah, good shot. Nice work, well. And then Scum. And then uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's only been. We'll, we'll talk about the title change later, but only four teams touched those belts this year. Yeah, so it's cool. Um, and then the TV title, uh, Jay Lethal started off with it, um, and then Roddy. And then uh, that goes into uh, the Cole versus Roddy match from July 28th. Um, obviously, like I said, you can tell that Ring of Honor is very, very high on Adam Cole, uh, just on commentary. Uh, this match was better than I remember, to be honest with you. I mean, it was a really good match. Um, you know, Martini... Um, does take great bumps. I mean, you can definitely tell he's a great worker. Um, Adam Cole had a great spot where I threw him over the turnbuckle. Um, but yeah, but Adam Cole goes over and he is your, um, so he's our third TV champion of the year uh, with that unbeatable Florida key. Um, I know the greatness that will become Adam Cole. So, wouldn't Adam Cole have been the fourth? Because Champa had it too, right? No. Champa never had the TV title. Oh. Champa never had Golden Ring of Honor. He never actually held the TV title. Nope. He just, just snatched the belt. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And then Roger Strong. Was the first person to get the belt back? Okay, yeah, yeah, because that's when uh, Chapa is feuding with Lethal. But yeah, he never got he never he never sees gold in Ring of Honor. Spoiler alert. Um, you know, and well, that's, then, gonna, that's gonna sabotage my picks for a little later when we start incorporating picks into the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should do that. Nice pay per view just for shits and giggles, even though it's a ten year old fucking thing. Um. But yeah, and then next week they will uh, they will announce their match of the year, you know, and then uh, maybe after the podcast today, Alyssa, because we do have a big um, um, pay-per-view to go over this week. I'm not sure why I just snapped my fingers. Um, but, yeah, we'll kind of think of, like, your match of the year kind of, like, in the back of your head. Um, but before we jump into Final Battle 2012, 
Um, we're going to take a quick break here, and uh, we are, we've got a little recording from our good friend, uh, Mr. Phil Rea, the host, owner, and CEO of the Turnbuckle Throwbacks. Um, Phil is a big reason why Will and I are friends. Uh, we'll get into that, but he uh, sent us a little clip of uh, his thoughts on uh, Final Battle, so high fivers, enjoy our little uh, little clip from Phil here. Gentlemen, thank you very much for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you didn't know who I was, in case they didn't announce me properly, I am, for the last ten and a half years, the gracious host of the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. The Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, and I was asked by these two distinguished gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, to come on to your uh, to, to to come on to your podcast and talk about one of my favorite shows of all time from Ring of Honor, Final Battle 2012. Now, I initially had this on MP4 uh, because we bought the iPay-Per-View and then we downloaded it the next day and whatever, whatever, and then I lost it. But truth be told, it's one of my favorite shows, and I'm glad I'm talking about it today quickly because, let's face it, it has some significance. And... You know, uh, I did re-up, I, I'm not that re-up, I joined uh, Honor Club just to watch it again, which is really cool. So, um, I enjoyed all of the matches, especially the, um, actually all of them, actually. The the reforming of the Wolves against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, who had just formed Red Dragon at that point. Matt Hardy, Adam Cole were fantastic. Roddy and Michael Elgin, the whole Truth Martini thing was fantastic. Jay Lethal, Rhino, I loved. The R.D. Evans match was really good against Nana. How could you forget Shelton Benjamin and 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 Charlie Haas against uh, Rhett Titus and B.J. Whitmer in a New York Street fight in my backyard, Hammerstein Ballroom? Uh, you know the Briscoes, of course, my my favorite tag team for the last decade against Scum and Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. And Caprice is actually killing it on commentary, by the way. That last pay per view was was fantastic. Um, and then, of course, the main event, Ladder War number four. Uh, Steen defending a title against Generico. I was telling this to my son because my son was, uh, this was 10 years ago, so he was only like six, almost five, five or six years old. And we watched it. And I was explaining to him about storytelling. And I feel like wh- what you're seeing on SmackDown now on Friday nights with these two guys started with them way back when but this match particularly uh, do is this the pinnacle of it is this what you is this what fans is this why they got signed to these big deals this particular match i don't know but they tell a really good story in the ring and they evolve as people's characters you know like kevin steen becomes kevin owens of course we know generico is now the hottest thing on smackdown right now and sammy Zayn. Like I feel like this was like the the pinnacle of it, and I'm a. If you guys know me, I I know Will and Tom know me. I'm a stickler for storytelling, and I teach this to my son. Like you know, if, you know, you could we can go all the indie shows you want, and see all the spot guys, and do all the spot monkey moves, and, and you go home feeling energized that we saw a really good wrestling card. But I like a good story. And if guys and gals can tell a good story in the ring, then I'm sold. 
Kevin Steen is one of the will go down as one of the greatest storytellers ever. And that's that's you can mark that, you can quote it, do what you got to do. Uh, but that's how I feel about it. And my son, who's now 15, feels the same way. And even now, Generico, you know, Sami Zayn, these guys, are, and they're best friends in real life, which makes it even cooler because they work together so well that I, you know, and I've said this too, and I've said this to Tom, actually. Tom and I had this conversation that when you, when you're, when you're friends, when you're personally really good friends outside of the workplace, it makes for better wrestling in the ring because you, 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 you have that mutual respect times a thousand for each other. And you want to do the right thing for the fans. And you want to put on a really good show. Um, this particular pay-per-view is the start of the nucleus of the newer Ring of Honor with guys like Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and the second coming of Jay Lethal. And the Briscoes continuing their dominance. And it's like this this whole thing of uh, Ring of Honor making a transition. And, you know, I'll let the experts cover the Ring of Honor stuff. But for me, Final Battle 2012 in my hometown, as always. It should be, it should be, and I don't know why I was in Texas this year. It should always be in New York City. I'm being very New York biased right now. But um, that's, that's, my, that's my take on Final Battle 2012. And you guys, I love you. Uh, have a great sh- rest of your show. Kick ass. And uh, see you on the flip side. All right, that was awesome. Thanks again, Phil, for all that. Um, but Will, this is what are the people? And I mean, all bullshit aside, we, you and I, um, with everyone online, we've literally been I, talking about this event all year. I mean, it's it's the last event of the year, but like it really is like I know it's primarily the main event, but I mean, typically, final battle is a big deal for Ring of Honor. Yeah, it's it's their biggest show, um, and it's really smart of them to do it that way. Um, right, you give yourself a whole year to build stuff. A whole can, and it's easy to keep track of because it's a calendar year. Yeah. So um, obviously, the anniversary show is the big one. Um, you know, Best in the World and Glory by Honor are probably their, you know, their um, Summer Slams. And- yeah, those, 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 those I'd say, yeah. It's weird because it's all kind of heavy loaded, like at the end of the year. I mean, there's the anniversary show in March, but then like Best in Worlds in June, and then go well, June, October. So, um, yeah, we've, I mean, you know, all bullshit aside, listen, I know I've talked about this before, but like, so when I was getting back into wrestling, um, and I didn't know much about Ring of Honor, so I went back and watched all the final battles. And this was definitely, obviously, the match that we're, we'll be discussing was a huge one, but it was definitely one that stood out and really kind of solidified my love for Ring of Honor. Um, I, like, yeah, I mean, if we want to start with general thoughts, like it's, I think there's some changes that could have been made that would have made the show a lot better. Yeah. But, I mean, there wasn't, like, bad matches on the card. No. even the Just two, stuff that could have been organized a little better. Um, even the two matches I thought were going to be complete dog shit were pretty solid. Um, surprisingly, so is is one of the matches you thought was going to be dog shit the the Matt Hardy Adam Cole match because I totally forgot that that was a match until it got to it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, they're having a match. Yeah, I did not have high hopes for that. Um, it was pretty all right. Yeah, it was it was solid. I mean, even though this Matt Hardy thing is kind of 
blah to me, but but I mean, obviously, Artie Evans, Prince Nana, for what it was, was super yeah. solid. Um, we'll, we'll get into Artie Evans here um, towards the end, but um, and this is your first time watching the whole show, right? Correct, because I don't go back and watch stuff except for for you, Tom. Right. Well, I you know, I, I appreciate the great sacrifice you've made for for our content and hopefully the high fivers out there. Um, send your appreciation to Will. That's all I'm going to say. So I appreciate Will and I appreciate you doing this, Will. So I'm just a man in a Briscoe's t-shirt, Tom. <laughs> I'm rocking my Lionheart. And no, it's not Lionheart Chris Jericho. It's angry punching your friend's heart music. I, I forgot to send you. I was thinking about it today when I was at work that I wanted to send you um, the uh, the band who does the Briscoe scene that they're using right now. Okay. Death, I'm pretty sure Death Valley Driver. They put out a new single yesterday. Really? Is it better than a Trickster single you sent me? I haven't listened to it, but I'm willing to bet money that it's better <laughs> than the Trickster single I sent you. Because I was on Spotify. I'm like, I'm going to play that Trickster album. Like, oh, there's more than one album. Oh, there's something from 2022. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Um. I did find a playlist with all the Ring of Honor themes, though, which has, that's been a lot of fun to listen to. Oh, that's on a Spotify gimmick, huh? Well, I say it's all of them. I haven't actually like gone through and like yeah. read to see if everything's there, but Boy. they have the big ones. Really? I'll have to track that down. And Don't then, it too, so. I'll, uh, I'll shoot you a link later. I like links, so. Um, but real quick, so we start off the show. Uh, they do replay the, the history, uh, you know, between El Generico and, you know, Kevin Steen, you know, back when, they, you know, like we talked about, this is the same clip that we had last week. Um, not a lot of context, so it was kind of towards, like, the Marky Marks. You, right, you you get – they were a little better about filling in dates, though, especially, like, thing on commentary. So it was supposed to be, like, 09 was the turn. Yeah. 2010 – Final battle was when El Generico kicked they, the kick, you know. they he, he turned on him, right? No. Yeah, 2010, Steen was out. End yeah. of 2011, Steen was back. You're right. Because he beat Carino. That was that was the stipulation, right? Yeah, he turned on him in 09 at, at final battle in this building. You want to tell – that's pretty solid storytelling. We're going to be like, these guys are friends for this whole year. Here's a turn. It's going to escalate for a year. They have a major blow-off match. We reintroduce this, and it's like it just picks up right where it left off. Two years later. Yeah. So, um, and it's, it's only, some some may some may say it's still happening now. <laughs> there, there is a rumor that this may be going on somewhere else. Um, and they only touched each other twice in the, in the whole time we've been doing this podcast. You know, obviously, Steen came out, or uh, El Generico came out after Steen was packaged pile driving everybody. Um, and then, you know, he got his little revancha at Showed on the Sun when he got his ass whooped. And then now, so um, yeah. And then, uh, oh, yeah, La Rancha was where Scum was born. That's where Jimmy Jacobs turned on yep. El Generico. So. Um, you know, and then we find out Caleb, uh, Caleb Seltzer is back. Uh, I'm going to quick call him Caleb 
uh, LaCroix because he gets a lot of shit here. Um, you know, obviously we've talked earlier, Will, you know, all year about big fans of Kevin Kelly, but he gets pretty snippy with Caleb, especially here in the beginning, unless I'm being reading too Listen, much. I, I didn't love Caleb on commentary on this event. And some of it's petty, like he's he's calling moves wrong. Yeah. But, um, I mean, maybe maybe they didn't really get along that great. And maybe it's like, oh, I guess I'm going to have this guy one more uh, one more show. Yeah, I mean, they're supposed to have him a taping. It's like, oh, yeah, can you come do this event? Because the, 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 the new replacement is unable to due to personal issues. So we'll find out who the permanent replacement is. So we shall see. Um, Are you surprised? So this is the match that opened. Yes. Because I, too, was a little surprised that this is the match that opened. I was. Um, but I'm glad. They're coming out hot. If you were to rearrange the card, what would you have put first? See, like, good. when you were looking at all the matches that were there, what would, what would, you, have, what would you have thought was going to go first? Because I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into like what how the card was going to go, but I did kind of have that like, wow, they're opening with Elgin and Strong, which it's not a bad way to start a show. I mean, it's the story that we've been watching unfold for the whole year. Yeah. What I mean, and it was a great match, but it did kind of feel weird that it was the the first match. Yeah. But I mean, there's nothing else you could really. They kind of booked themselves in a corner. For some odd reason, I thought someone said that Nana and R.D. Evans was first, um, which I'm kind of glad they weren't. I mean, that would have been a that would have been a weak way to open the show. You know, do you get Adam Cole and Matt Hardy that that spot? So people are familiar. You, with Matt you can't because Matt Hardy. You can't because Matt Hardy's there. Um, do you give Lethal and Rhino? You can't have the tag title match. You know, I, I almost would have thought it had been Lethal and Rhino because there's nothing there, really. I mean, there's right. You have some storyline stuff on the, around it, but it's like Elgin and Strong was like a big story. The tag team title matches are big. The tag team matches are big stories. Yeah, everything was kind of a big story except for Lethal Rhino, and I, I guess you can't really say Matt Hardy, Adam Cole is a big story because we both forgot about it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, they tried but to make this was a this was a hell of an opener. Yeah, um, you know, it was you know, I like we talked about. I mean, this is besides Steven Generico, probably the best long term storytelling in Ring of Honor this year. Obviously, um, we all knew it was going to happen. It took for fucking ever, it seemed like, but um, yeah, it was a great match. Um, kind of they, weird. They de- they definitely. They definitely spun their wheels a little during the year where it's like, not that I wouldn't want to have this match where it was. Yeah. Because it was a great match. But, you know, definitely throughout the year, been some times where it's like they really just got to get the story over with. Like, yeah. We're, we're just kind of circling the bowl right now. It's like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this might be kind of nitpicking, but it seemed like ringside was super fucking crowded. Seemed like there was 14 camera guys. It seemed like there was a lot of photographers, a bunch of camera guys, you know, and they've got Kerry Silkin and Bobby Cruz sitting next to Caleb and KK. 
Um, this is, I don't know why I just noticed that now, but um, Helgen's only 20. Well, because they, it, you probably noticed it so much because they were outside the ring so much in the early part of the match. Yeah, and they got that big boom camera from way up top that you can see fucking everything from. So, um, but uh, yeah, great match. Uh, I still marvel. Michael Elgin's only twenty five. You see him now; he looks like he's forty five. Um, I don't know how the fuck they do it, but these goddamn missed chops on the fucking ring post. Ouch! Yeah, that sucks. Even because like you have to at least put some swing into it. Like you can't really like. And you're making the, I mean, you're hitting that post hard and can't fake that part. So, um, you know, and I love then, seeing some, uh, I love seeing some of the, the some of the backbreakers from Roddy, like the, the top rope backbreaker where he just drops them like on the quarter. Yeah. I mean, and they really hyped that up on commentary too, like how he's the master of the backbreaker. Like that's, that's what Roddy does. Yeah. The Messiah of the backbreaker. Um, that is the word they use. You're correct. <laughs> um, you know, and it was hilarious. You know, who's going home with Truth Martini? Um, he's such a front. Right, because he, 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 and he just shows up on the ape on the the ramp. Yeah, and he's cheering for both of them. Yeah, when Roddy's up, he's a Roddy guy. When Elgin's up, he's an Elgin guy. Um, Truth Martini, you are a fucking master. Thank you for all you do. Um, yeah, I remember watching this. I watched this Sunday night, you know, um, after I just had a chill day all day. And I, I remember literally, like, you know, Faith was in the other room, and I'd say something like, I was like, God damn! And she's like, what? I'm like, oh, you didn't see that shot. I mean, these two did beat the piss, I mean, beat the piss out of each other. So, you know, basically in a nutshell, I mean, this is the 2012 Ring of Honor style. It's the definition of it at the end of it, so... It was, it was really fucking good. Yeah. And then uh, Truth, you know, at the end, distracts the ref, uh, slides to the Book of Truth for Roddy. Uh, Roddy tries to grab it, but Elgin ain't having it. Um, puts his foot on it. Um, and then uh, it's goddamn spinning back fist. I mean, that motherfucker hits me like that. I'm not talking to you till 2024. And, yes, I meant a year from now. Um, yeah, I mean, it, and it, it leveled Roddy, but. Elgin also took his foot off the book. Yeah. So Roddy grabbed that book of truth, which we're going to talk about this book because we see some, some spots later where chairs are involved and people kick out, but Roddy clubs Elgin with this book. Yeah. And Elgin's out. Elgin had to be put away with a top rope package pile driver. But the book or the book of truth. Yeah. This book of truth, I think, might not be a real book. <laughs> <laughs> it might not have, like, actual words and pages it's, in it. Right. It's just something that looks like a book. There's just, like, bricks in there. Yeah. But I, I, I do want to say kudos to Truth Martini, Elgin, and Roddy on this. Um, Peter Elgin goes for that power bomb, And just, I mean, Roddy, slick as shit, picks up that book. Um, really well done. You know, I mean, it wasn't the only, he did get a backbreaker for the pin. Um, greatly executed. I mean, I kind of, yeah, I wish, kind of a shitty ending to a great match. Like you said, I mean, you see all these other shots and it's the book of truth, but I know they're trying to keep Elgin strong, get Roddy the win, but, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully this is done for a while. I'm, I'm just saying, like, we see, like, cutters on, like, we, 
we have a New York street fight. Yeah. We've, we've got the ladder war. I mean, we've got some chair spots in uh, the Jerry Lynn, Mike Bennett match. Yeah. And none of those are the end of the match, but the book of truth. Yeah. Ends things. Um, but, you know, that's not the end of it, Will. There's more to this match. Uh, no, there, there's more ending because Truth Martini tries to tries to charm up Roddy Strong. Yeah. Roddy, I knew you could do it. Everybody cheer for the, the original member of the House of Truth. Yep. You know. And Roddy's like, dog, I said I was done. I'm like, leave me alone. Out of here. And he, he stuck to his guns. Um, and then Truth. And then, speaking of sticking to his guns, Truth Martini just goes to the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> so blatantly awesome. Um, Truth Martini. Elgin, up- I didn't mean any of the stuff I just said to Roddy. Like you didn't say it on microphone. It's all about you. Goddamn world. Um, you know, and in the end, he Elgin says he's done. He always says he literally says, "I love you." Um, and he goes to hug him. Truth, Mark. I think I love you. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Once again, well done. Elgin goes for the power bomb, but Truth Martini still got the mic. And he's talking to Elgin on the mic while he's in the power bomb. I'm like, this is a fucking masterpiece. And he turns on him like a jaded lover, right? He gets rejected. Then he gets sour. He gets, yeah. you're going to be nothing without me. You were nothing before me. All your success is because of me. And he, he slaps him. Yeah. Truth all of a sudden just flips the switch. He's like, fuck this. I'm done. Then he gets backfisted out of the ring. Yeah, and then uh, and he gets a backfist and a buckle bomb, and he's done. So, you know, I almost to- thought they were. I almost thought they were going to introduce somebody there. I thought so too. The the way that they kind of staged it, where he like he turned on him all of a sudden, it's like I don't need you. It's like all right, so who's he got? Yeah, got an asshole. Who, what is the house of? What is the house of truth now that you don't have Roger Trump? Um, you don't have Michael and you don't have Rhino and you don't have the headbangers. And, uh, and honestly, Will, like I said, I, and, um, I am not a truth, house of truth historian. Um, I wonder who is going to, I mean, cause this has got to, I mean, truth martini is too good not to be on screen. Um, does Jay, doesn't Jay lethal join the house of truth or something like that? Maybe it's Jay lethal or Matt Taven. Cause I remember that they feud. And Truth Martini's involved, but I just don't remember who was aligned with Truth Martini. Okay. Yeah, it'd be cool to see where the House of Truth goes from here. So, I mean, I, I need to see more Truth Martini. Um, I'm going to talk to my boy Trent. Hopefully, we can get him on the show one of these days. But, um, but Will, I mean, like I said, it, it's one in the afternoon in the show. And I didn't real so I didn't realize this. So, another reason that it was so early was WWE was in the, was in the Brooklyn that night. Oof. Yeah, so our good friend, uh, the OG Kevin Gill, uh, was in attendance, and he said he had to go right away after this because they had they had a big. Uh, the, it was actually the debut of Shield. Oh but, wow! Yeah, so <laughs> kind of a big deal. So that kind of makes sense why Ring of Honor was running at two o'clock in the afternoon. So, uh, but it's good for Kate. You know, it's good for our people in the UK. So Matt, uh, you know, good cop, back out, man. I'm not sure if you uh, watched this live at the time, but. Um, but Will, like I said, we had mentioned earlier Jay Lethal and Rhino. 
you know, we're it's next. You know, once again, I mean, we've talked about this, so we won't go too down. But yeah, I mean, Jay Lethal showing his killer instinct. Um, then we're off to this Jay Lethal versus Rhino match. Uh, but yeah, Steve Carino, even though Steve Carino, Carino comes down and joins commentary. He badgers the living shit out of Caleb. I don't know why I was getting weird, like triggered vibes here, but he kept calling him son and forced and everything. So uh, he, there was a lot of special, like special needs, special Olympics kind of stuff. One of the notes I put down for this match is, is Carino. I found Carino to be distracting. Yeah. Because I like this match was fine. It was it had all the bits and pieces that you would expect to get from a Jay Lethal Rhino match. Yeah. But I was focusing more on what Carino was saying. Yeah, he Korean basically than I was. Yeah. Um which he is kind of hijacked the which is funny because if you were live, obviously you wouldn't have had that because you wouldn't have heard yeah. everything that Steve Carino said. But when you watch it this way, Carino's the focus. But he does that a lot when he comes down on commentary. Yeah. And a lot of times we're like, oh, Steve Carino's, he's a riot on commentary. But at this point, it's like this match is not strong enough on its own to stand up to Carino doing commentary yeah. Yeah, talking like how we created Rhino, so obviously we're gonna get that, so that's gonna come into play. But he dated Jay Lethal's mom. Yeah, they he said that several times. Yeah. Um Yeah, and uh yeah, and then we had the, we had Rhino went for a gore. He had a super kick. You know, he gets the lethal combination. He takes the lethal injection. Yeah. And lethal wins a match with no stakes. Nothing really no no stakes. Nothing to really gain from it. Just more Steve Carino talking on the mic after the match. Yeah, and this is the match where I decided to stop calling Caleb Sensor LaCroix. Because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna call him by his name because he kept getting bullied. So um I did like the leg scissors. Um Biak, I mean but I mean, there was some story content continuity here, um, you know, because Carino gets in the mic and he costs Lethal as he dated Lethal's mom, blah blah blah. He doesn't have balls to face the Lethal, blah blah blah. Lethal changes Carino. Jacob jumps him, and then Rhino gores a living shit out of him. So, Will is Rhino now an official member of Scum? I believe the answer is yes, according to Wikipedia. I mean, at this point. They're just saying it's because Carino offered him some money. That's what motivated him. He was never really part of the House of Truth. Yeah, he was, he was bought in. See, he kind of indicated the same thing here where he's like, you know, me and Rhino go way back. You know, when you're in a position like Scum, maybe you need a little insurance. Yeah. So. Yeah, he gored uh, Jay Lethal out of his boots. He did. He, they they caught Lethal good. So um, it was a fine match, like you said. I mean, pardon the you know your beef with Jay Lethal. You know, Jay Lethal can go when he wants to. So, uh, but next will uh, like, next, it, it was a fine match. It just wasn't. There really wasn't anything that was like unexpected. Yeah, that we hadn't really seen before. Like 
you, yeah, you, you think about what are you going to see in a match with Jay Lethal and Rhino, it's like you're going to you could probably plot out what you're going to see. Yeah, I should, I, did, I didn't even think it wouldn't be cool to ask those that how it how it translated live without commentary because like, yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, he, he did definitely kind of hijack the segment. So, um, but next, will the match like I said we talked about earlier that surprised me. Um, R.D. Evans versus Prince Nana. Um, that goddamn fucking outfit that I mean, R.D. Evans turned on me here. I used to I couldn't stand the guy. But after this, I was I was intrigued. Um, Comes out with the, the cape and shit. Yeah. But before we continue, Will, um, so obviously you know Jimmy Jacobs is the head writer at Impact, right? Yes. And you uh, you did watch that Josh Alexander speedball Mike Bailey match from a couple weeks ago on Impact TV that's on YouTube? No. That's your homework this week, Will. It's a great match. Good luck, Tom. Was added in. You know what I have seen a lot of is the old Mike Bailey gimmick where he had the baguette and the mustache drawn on. Um, but do you know who the other head writer for Impact is? I just found out. Did we discuss this over a text thread? I don't remember if we specifically talked about it, but I remember I remember seeing it, and we were all chatting about it. I don't remember if it was in the Discord. Or if this was just in our group chat that me, you, and uh, Brandon have. Uh, I don't remember who it is. Who, who is R.D. Evans? Yes, R.D. Evans of this match. Um. So, so 2022 Impact is being booked by 2012 Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um. And you know, and not to be all smarky or anything, but in the conversation, I, and I, my my buddy, so my buddy Trent, like I said, he's one of the backstage guys at AAW. Um, he's a huge Impact Mark. He does a podcast with for Impact and everything. Um, but I guess R.D. Evans has gone through a bunch of gimmicks, and uh, R.D. Evans is supposed to be a lot better than I. I so listen, he really turned on me. Um, God, one of his like one of his gimmicks is like MMA Mike or something like that, or Mikey or something like that. So, um. But real quick, Will, before I forget, I always forget, is that Embassy song on that playlist? Because this Embassy fucking come on song is a banger. I have to go through and look. Like, there is a lot on that playlist because it has the ones that aren't even just like the Ring of Honor songs. Like it's got like South of Heaven. It's got the AFI song that Punk used. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on there, but I haven't like gone through and like right up to if everything is on there. Yeah. Um, but randomly in this match, there's a Power Rangers chant. Was that because of R.D. Evans' outfit or something? Or? It's because of it's got an R.D. Evans' outfit, yeah. We're coming out with the pink cape. Um, but, I mean, I got to admit here, Prince Nata looked pretty svelte compared to the way he did 10, 10 years earlier. Um, 2002, uh, he was kind of a, a fatty. And I'm not fat shaming like Kevin Kelly or anything here, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Prince Nana, you know, at the end of the day about the match, Prince Nana hits his big power move on RDE, but Sinclair goes to the three count, but uh, QT Marshall uh, pulls him out. Uh, Sinclair um, yells at, at QT, uh, but then uh, Prince Nana's um, little minion, Ernesto attacks RDE, um, but holy shit, gets plastered for his fucking troubles. Marshall fucking launched that motherfucker. 
Um, R.D. Evans recovered a little too quickly for my liking, uh, but gets knocked off by Nana, but Nana can't recover. But R.D. Evans gets the classroom for the win. Um, and like we talked about, Will, you know, your former chaotic champion or chaotic wrestling champion, Ciampa, does come out. Um, and he wants R.D. Evans. So hopefully Ciampa's coming back time soon, sometime soon. Um, but yeah, and I was thinking, let's see, it would be a really fun match to be QT versus Ciampa. I'm sure we'll get that. Yeah, I hope so. Um, with, with, with QT being like the new guy. Yeah. John being the old guy. Yeah. I know we've moved on from it already. And we were just talking about how Carino's distracting. But I did really like how he reacted to the fan and the, the audience that had the El Generico mask. Yeah. And he's like, El Generico's right there. It's, like, it's just a fan with the mask. He's like, well, you don't know. He's like, he's wearing a mask. How would you know? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, Creaminess. Yeah. That was, it was interesting. Um, but Will, next match. Oddly placed, um, just for the simple fact of cleanup. You know, you think you. But again, it's, but again, where else do you put it? I think I would have flip flopped this Jerry Lynn Mike Bennett match. Because was intermission was was intermission after intermission was after Lynn this match, right? Yeah. No, it was after Mike uh, Jerry Lynn and Mike Bennett. So if you would have flip flopped them. You know, you could have done all the cleanups, so that's where they lost a lot of time, which we'll kind of address later. But listen, I think the biggest waste of time was all the stuff that happened after the Jerry Lynn Mike Bennett match. But it went a little long, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. It went a lot of that long, but in a New York street fight, will this is a New York street fight? This isn't a Texas street fight, this isn't a New Hampshire street fight. This is not, no, it's, it's not, a, it's not, it's not a bunkhouse brawl, it's not a Wisconsin or Delaware, you know. Farmhouse brawl. It's a New York City street. Sort of ballroom blitz. Uh, versus uh, wrestling's greatest tag team of Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin versus Mr. They got jumped. Yeah. Yeah, by Red Titus and Titus uh, and Titus and Whitmer jumped them on the little roller. Little tough to differentiate. Little tough to differentiate BJ Whitmer and Charlie Haas when they all start shuffling around. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean they they got uh they got what's coming to them, um. But yeah, Red Titus pull out. I will also I'll I'll say this. This delivered a little more than I was expecting it to. Really. And I don't know if it. I don't know if my thoughts about it was just like fatigue because we've seen so much wrestling's greatest tag team the whole year. Yeah. Like. They've been a presence the entire year, whether as a team or just Charlie Haas or when Shelton Benji got suspended. That's right. Suspended and went to the G one, you know. Convenient for him, so. Um, but but yeah. I, I thought this was fun. I mean, it, you got to bring out the Christmas stuff. You got to bring out some like the ornaments and the tree and like, yeah, the goofy holiday stuff. And I mean, it was the counterplay to them like taking apart the security barricade and like actually pulling apart the barricade. Was bike and using the barricade as a weapon. Uh, yeah, I, I great heel work. 
you know, the, cha- the chair was, you know, the crowd was clamoring to use that chair for us as guys take team or that, that tree. And, you know, Shelton's like, nah. Shelton Benjamin picks it up and he goes, nah. Yeah, just kidding. Um, so, speaking of the barricade slash, we call it bike rack in the business will. Because um, the bike rack we use at Miller Park ain't nothing like that. Because, goddamn, that shit they use at this fucking place is goddamn sturdy. It's like they got lead fucking bars. I was like, damn. Um, what else I got here? Um, yeah, oh, they do that bike rack or the fucking, you know, that spot with BJ Whitmer where they, they do the cutter over the barricade thing again. I know, obviously, we'll get to it a little bit later, but BJ, what... Which, again, you can take that and that's not the end of the match, but the Book of Truth knocks out Michael Elgin. Yeah. But BJ Whitmer, you were what is in this book? (laughs) Yeah, we should buy one. I I need to find a book of truth, but it's like, god damn. I mean, BJ, what are you doing? You were gone for what five, six years due to neck issues. Um, they uh, these guys really went into it, but yeah, the what you're alluding to the end of the match, uh, Shelton and Titus go through a table that was set up on the outside of the ring, and Haas, like suplex Whitmer into the ring through another table, but it, I don't think it went quite the way they were planning on because Whitmer like dove head first through that table. Head first. Like it was legit scary. It looked it's one of those things where it looks too real to not be an accident. Yeah. But that was the end of the match. Um, and thank God. <laughs> um, that was scary. I mean, that was legit. I mean, KK or Kevin Kelly and and Seltzer were, you know, that's where that's where it really slowed down. And then once again, there, and we'll we'll get into where it kind of fucked everybody later. So it took them how long? A to get fucking BJ Whitmer out. They didn't fucking wrap him up. They just carry him out. I'm like, really, people. This guy's got a history of neck. I mean, I don't mean, mean Mr. Smarky, former EMT here or anything, but no head support for this guy. They just walk him out. They got to clean up the fucking ring, you know, and it was just like, and then they go into these you know, highlights from Jerry Lynn. Um, and I know, Will, you didn't watch it, but you really should watch the Jerry Lynn versus Nigel McGinnis match. Um, I, I sure didn't, but I saw some clips. Is it did the clips they showed from that match? Yes. Um, it, it's definitely one of my favorite Ring of Honor moments of all time. Um, and everyone else chime in too, listen. I mean, I'm sure Brendan will agree with me. You know, Eric will probably agree with me and everything. So, um, yeah, um, great match. Uh, Nigel been champ for like a year and a half at that point. So, um, but then we go on to Jerry Lynn um, versus Mike Bennett. God damn. You realize Jerry Lynn's 49 years old in this match? Motherfucker. Sure. Wait. Um, yeah, and Mike Bennett and Maria are recently engaged, I guess. Um, you know, I, I don't know why it cracked me up, but they did come out with the Santa hats. You know, so I guess I didn't like I didn't like that uh Maria was kind of color coordinated more with Jerry Lynn than she was with <laughs> Mike Bennett. I, I didn't even notice that. Sounds like uh, something Kate would say. Shout out to Kate the Great. Right. 
Um, Shout out. Join our Patreon. Yeah. You uh, can join for free. Yeah, you can join the, the Ring of Honor over at Patreon for $0 a month. Um, well, Until not. you introduce that $100 tier when we're going to go rent out movie theaters. and uh, Yeah, well, well, we'll talk about that. So, yeah, so, yeah, all members at $100 a month. Yeah, you'll be part of uh, the Will, Tom, and Brendan renting out a movie theater to watch wrestling matches, which, like I said, that would be – if I ever decide to be rich, Will, that will be one of the first things I do. Um. Oh, the, the, the first note I wrote. The first note I wrote down for this match is "Women will get you every time." <laughs> yeah. Um. But Kevin, I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Kelly. It could have been Caleb. Great line though. They're like, you know, like God damn it, Lynn's got more shower time than Mike Bennett's got ring time. I thought that was a really great line. Um. And Will, I'm not sure if you're going to appreciate this or not. Listen, I mean, not to be. This is before your time, but Jerry Lynn was in the Global Wrestling Federation that used to be on ESPN with the Patriot and the One Two Three Kid. I did not realize that. He was been around for a while. Any older fans that know the the Global Wrestling Federation, that's a big fucking deal. So, um, you know, good match. You know, Bennett and Lynn told a great story the whole match. You know, brutal bow. And, and, and you talked about it earlier with how they like Adam Cole and you see how Adam Cole is put over on commentary. They do that a lot with Mike Bennett too. Like Carino, Carino was putting him over at the last TV episode. They put him in the ring with homicide with Jerry Lynn with Landstorm. Like, yeah, they're building Bennett up to be a big deal. Um, and we'll see where see where that goes because I well I mean I don't want to we we definitely have the the benefit of, of hindsight obviously but um um I did chuckle I don't know if you caught this but brutal Bob um getting on commentary accusing Sinclair of uh, you know being biased because uh, he's a Sinclair and they're owned by Sinclair Broadcasting so I thought that was pretty funny um, Sinclair nobody likes Sinclair no. <laughs> Unless he's helping Kevin's team, then they like him. Um, Correct. You know, and and so we're going to kind of fast forward, you know, 2020. We're going to break down the the wall, the fourth wall here and everything. Um, But the way, you know, Mike Bennett's, um, you know, doing the whole thing on social media, inspirational thing and everything, blah, 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 blah. Do you think he will could ever be a, a kayfabe heel ever again? Or was he kind of a heel on Honor No More? Was that like a bad guy thing? Honor No More was poised to be the heels, yeah. They and I, I think the kingdom still airs on the heel side. Okay. Oh, you didn't watch that kingdom versus uh, top flight match, did you? Nope, because I didn't watch anything from uh, Final Battle 2022. Your hours is pretty solid, so... Um, but you know, like Will foreshadowed earlier, in the end, Maria interferes. Uh, nice neck breaker on her part, though. Um, she actually, you know, not just ducking, interfering. So, um, and then Bennett hits the box office smash. Uh, after the match, Bennett and Brutal Bob come out to attack Lynn. Uh, Lynn fights back with a couple of nut shots. Uh, Maria wants to slap Jerry before he can get the wishbone on Brutal Bob. Uh, and yeah, he fucking DD, he DDTs her into his nuts. 
Yeah, that was an awesome move. Um, and then Bennett eats Jerry Lynn's famous pile driver sent for the sendoff. Um, that, that pile driver looked great. Yeah. It's a small he thing. holds them up just enough. Just enough. There's like that. It's like when you're at the top of the roller coaster and it's like click, 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 and you're waiting for it to just let you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, now the, I, I would say coming up next, I think, is the, the lowest point of the show. This this segment all the way up through the start of the next match. It got a little long. I mean, they were saying bye, goodbye to a legend. Um, you know, he thinks everyone mainly carries silk and whoever believed him. Um, what was Jerry Lynn walking out to, by the way? Some heavy ass shit. I meant to. I meant. I meant to look it up. It sounded kind of like Lamb of God, but I don't think it was. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up because I meant to look that up when I was watching this. Um, um, yeah, so, I mean, it was Nigel McGuinness being like, oh, this is what really being over is like, and here's an award, and Jerry Lynn's like, I do it for the fans because, you know, the fans are part of the show, and it's my last Ring of Honor match. I've got six other matches I'm still doing, so come on out. Yeah, that was like, oh, yeah, and he because he wrestled at AAW. Uh, my boy Trent said, yeah, a bunch in 2013, but um, it's wrestling, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, I'll go through this real quick because, you know, Will hated the segment, but, you know, Lethal comes out across Nigel uh, for not being a forcer. He's letting Scum run wild, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then Nigel's like, well, you should cheer for El Generico because if he wins, Lethal gets a shot. Uh, but Lethal's defending his family honor. But then he spits on Nigel. And I know we're pre-pandemic here, but I just don't like spitting. I don't fan of Carlito, huh? Carlito spit on people? Yeah, he spits in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, no. Um, I, I hearken back to a, a great AAW match between um, he who shall not be named David Starr <clears throat> versus Sammy Callahan. It just ended up in spitting the whole time. It was a great fucking match, but they ruined it. Um, and Lethal gets thrown out of the building, so he's not going to be fighting in the, in the main event like he promised he would be. And like I said, then it's intermission. So, I mean, if he would have flip-flopped these last two matches, it would have saved you 10 minutes. You know, could have cleaned up, you know, uh, the whole thing. You know, and, um, yeah, not not well timed. Um, yeah, and then uh, another. I said it does get a little weak here. Our, our favorite Mike Mondo. It um, is very very sick entrance music. Uh, he's got that sweet Ring of Mondo t-shirt. Couldn't find it. Um, you know, but he gets on the mic and he told Doc, you know, said it would require surgery to fix his out his knee. You go for a year. Uh, but he worked hard. And he'll be back in five weeks, Will. Um, and the crowd didn't seem that excited, Tom. No, they they sure didn't. Um, but in five weeks, Will, they will be <laughs> Um, we shall see. Well, the, the Baltimore, the Baltimore crowd loves Mike Mondo. His his supposed hometown crowd, not so much. Yeah, kind of ironic, but um, 
Yeah, Mike Mondo says he just needs these bitch sticks, which are called crap. Um, and then Reed Dragon come out. Mondo wants to replace Edwards, but uh, they kick out Mondo's leg. Jason Richards comes out for the save, uh, gets a beat down, but Eddie Edwards is here, Will. Uh, so this is this is one of my hangups, right? And it's one of those things where the match itself wasn't bad, but it could have been organized better. Because you have Bree Dragon come out, and they say, we heard in the bag, right from the horses now, Eddie, Eddie Edwards isn't going to be here. And then two seconds later, they have him come out. Yeah. I mean, you knew he was going to show up because they brought it up, and they wouldn't have brought him up being there if he was going to be there. Yeah. But I think this would have been a stronger thing if they let Davey wrestle in that handicap for a bit. Yeah. And then you could still get to the same kind of spot where Redragon are holding him. It's like, who's Eddie going to side with? Yeah. But the fact that they kind of just opened with that is like, ah, that was a little underwhelming. It was a little anticlimactic. They could have, they, Again, not terrible, but they could have done better. Yeah, this match, it was good, you know, but, I mean, you, you kind of had some high hopes with, I mean, two of our favorites. Uh, lots of mixed martial arts mixed martial arts action here. Um, I did love that double sharpshooter thing because Davey Richards had him in the sharpshooter, and then Eddie just grabbed Edward, or Richards and put him in the in the thing so kind of did some more twerk. That was pretty cool, but, yeah, yeah. Um, weirdly placed, you know, it's after the intermission, oddly done. Um, Davey Richards, I love you, but let's just get you out of the microphone out of your hands for a little while. Um, but you ever, did you know that, uh, they did, you know, you know how the re dragons listed on there, uh, with the capital D and the capital R it's like a dig at Davey Richards for his initials. I didn't actually realize that. I didn't know that either. Um, and then I thought it was just like a, I thought it was just like a new metal, stylistic kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I guess that's that was how that started. So, um, then Kevin Kelly talks on the match. Uh, how BJ walked out on his own power. You know, he didn't want to give Charlie House the, the satisfaction. Um, well played, but holy shit again, that goddamn spot. Um, it's on YouTube. Watch it. I'm glad he's okay. Um. Oh, and then Kevin or uh, Kyle O'Reilly had Davey Richards in the not the barrel lock, but he had him in that fucking headlock. But then Davey, like yeah. the, he had him in like a guillotine choke, and Spencer was calling you. it a dragon. He was calling it a dragon sleeper. See, well, where would I be without you? I don't know the name of these fucking moves. Uh, but it was awesome. Well, all- it was Seltzer. Seltzer was calling it a dragon sleeper. Yeah, but I mean, I can't take a word that guy says, but I love how David Richards got out of it, though. You know, he grabbed the ankle and rolled him over. Um, yeah, like while, while he's still standing in the choke. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, and then in the match, I, I don't I don't have words. Very frenetic. Uh, I like the the, del- or the, the move that um, the Wolves put on, the, the powerbomb lung blower, uh, and then the double stomp to the head and the stomp. And... Um, Casting Clear calls it because Kyle O'Reilly's out. So and we, we saw it chasing the dragon, but it is not not yet a uh, a finishing maneuver. Yeah. Only got a two count. Um the the stomping on the side of the guy's dome though, like legit the side of his head. It's like 
Yeah. Oof. So weird kind of booking, you know. I mean, you, you hype up this new team in Redragon, um, and then they take the loss. I mean, yeah, Kyle O'Reilly passed out. He didn't tap or anything, but, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully we can see these two, like, in a full-fledged on match here. Um, next we got Matt Hardy versus Adam Cole. Um, they say words. They show their promos again, blah, 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 blah. Um, but kudos, I mean, this oh, match. So I, I, don't, I don't mean to totally take away we're doing, but it looks like the song he that Jerry Lynn was using was probably a song called Fear by Dale Oliver. Because I have a list of his themes and it only goes up to 2011, but that's what he was using from really from 2002, he used it from 2002 to 2007, and then from 2010 through 2011. Hmm. So that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, it was either that or scapegoat by Fear Factory. No. which maybe it wasn't. Which I didn't think it was, but that's what the other theme he was using a lot in this time. I would, I would know if that. Yeah, wow, that's cool. I love that fucking song. Um, but uh, yeah, Hardy and Adam Cole they say words. Uh, they beat the piss out of each other for sure. Um, Matt Hardy did take that devastating Florida key on the outside. Will you know it's. It's the, the move to end all moves. Um, I did love how Matt Hardy did the hockey shirt on, on Paul Turner. Uh, Nutched Adam Cole for the roll-up. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it was, I mean, I don't mean, I didn't have a lot of notes on this one. Did you have any big extensive notes or in-depth analysis on this match? Nope. So we're, we're past the point where my notes ended. Okay. I think the match was fine. I meant to look up what the controversy was because they mentioned that when Matt Hardy was in Ring of Honor in 2005, he left. There was some controversy around what he did when he was there, and I meant to look up to try to find what it was, but I forgot. So. I wonder if he's upset because I know Jeff Hardy was really pissed at his reception in Ring of Honor. That was two years earlier. Huh. I again, the match is fine. They're putting. This guy they have a lot of, they're kind of investing in. Yeah. Gets matched with Matt Hardy. It wasn't the most exciting match. I mean, there was that stretch where Matt Hardy was just using side effect over and over again. It's like, all right. All right. But yeah, we saw Adam Cole use a twist of fate. It took a low blow to win. Yeah. Um, I mean the the pulling pulling the referee the pulling the referee's shirt over their head to do the low blow. Like, I kind of thought they were going to go for the hole because he was behind him. Yeah, and he was going to kind of like distract the ref and like, hey, like eyes up here, and then do like the the back kick. But the fact that he just yanked the guy's shirt over his head and then just straight up kicked him right in the right in the cup. Yeah, right in the ding dong. Um, and and that's what did it. You know, and I, mean, I, didn't ex- I didn't. I didn't expect Matt Hardy to lose. I didn't really expect Matt Hardy to win either. Like I, yeah, I forgot this match was on the card until it started. And uh, in a tough spot between two banger, we're fucking tag team matches, you know, too. So, uh, I mean, this was the 
when you look at where it's positioned on the card, and this was that was the piss break match. Yeah. And I, I would have been pissing. So that's uh, the deadliner spot, as they call it. <laughs> well, Will. We are to our penultimate match of the evening. Uh, a three-way dance between CNC Wrestle Factory, even though they're not being introduced like that, but everyone calls them CNC Wrestle Factory. They're called in on commentary. They're called that in promos, but um, whatever. Versus Dem Boys versus Scum. Um, and like we, we've talked about this, you know, for the past couple of weeks, we're both pretty stoked that at the end of the day, the, the champions do need to be involved in the decision, no matter what it was. And that turned into some really good storytelling here in the match. Um, as we got going, so, um, you know, and it really, well, this match, my biggest Chris in this match, part of it was that Nigel said earlier in the night that there's going to be repercussions for scum for jumping him and whatever. Yeah. And then there wasn't any. Like, I was waiting for Nigel to come out and be like, hey, this is now normal three-way rules. You guys can don't have to be pinned yeah. to lose the titles now. But there was nothing. Yeah. Maybe Jay Lethal's right. I hate to say Jay Lethal's right. Yeah, but, I mean, we shall find out. Um, you know, but it does come... This was uh, short. It felt short. Yes, and that's where the timing comes in, you know, because they'd wasted 10 minutes. I mean, I don't want to say wait. Obviously, B.J. Whitmer's health is paramount. Um, but 10 minutes, you know, cleaning up the, the the ring from that street fight when they could have been doing that during intermission. Um, and this is where, unfortunately, where they shaved it off. Um, but it was really cool because I said in the beginning, Jay and Cedric are fighting for finishers. Um, you know, and they, they do, you know, that plays into it because they each hit their finisher, but they can't pin them because obviously, you know, um, they can't pin each other. So, and then, um, oh, and this is our, our, our time of the week. Um, I just want to shout out real quick. Uh, Mark Briscoe is a national treasure, Will. A national fucking treasure. And then Redneck Kung Fu, um, you know, in the Froggy Bowl, they're all national treasures. Um, I have really bad notes here. I, know, I must have been losing it. But uh, Mark and Caprice did, you know, battle, CNC, and the boys fight each other. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So basically, it comes down to it. You know, they try to pin, and they start fighting each other. Scum walks off like, we're out of here. I mean, you know, fuck you guys. We don't need to be in this match, blah, blah, blah. Uh, because, yeah, there won't be a decision with, uh, without them being in the ring. So, uh, but the. You know, Briscoe didn't have it. Uh, and Will, why is Cedric not on TV every goddamn week? He's such a great he's not on TV. He's not on TV every week now. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about now. Yeah, it's he, um, he, he had the he had the finger point. He had the picture. He was on the ramp. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe the Hurt business is getting back together soon, so maybe... Yeah. But, uh, God damn, that rolling elbow that Jay hit on Cedric, though, holy shit. 
Um, but yeah, it didn't take too long, but uh, Steve Carino gets the, the Jacques Rougeau equalizer, which is the roll quarters. And to Will's point earlier in the episode, uh, Cedric Alexander gets punched in the face of the roll quarters, but kicks out. But Michael Elgin gets knocked out by the Book of Truth. It's coming full circle, Will. Um, but in the end, um, Cedric kicks out Mark and Jay, uh, or um, kicks out of uh, yeah, Mark and Jay take Jimmy, they throw him outside. Uh, he's going to use the belt, but they get him in the doomsday device, and uh, they're eight-time champs. So, you know, like we talked about earlier, uh, shorter than I would have liked. You know, it's kind of shitty that you've got, you know, your second biggest draw in the company and uh, the Briscoe brothers um, in a short match. But, um, oh, yeah. And then after that, um, you know, they're ta- they're rooting for El Generico because, you know, they, you know, to restore honor. Uh, but them boys are going to face any tag team who wants to come out. However, the first shot for those tag team battles goes to CNC Wrestle Factory. So, yeah, uh, sh- shorter match than I would like. Hopefully, we could see them boys and CNC wrestle sooner than later. Um, yeah, any quick thoughts here, Will, before we uh, we transition to the why we're all here? No, that, that was pretty much my thoughts. You, you, I think you touched on all the important stuff. Um, yeah, and now you really got me thinking, what the fuck is in the Book of Truth? Um, but real quick, right. so Will and I are going to take a quick break here. Uh, I'm going to kind of transition to the conversation I had with my good friend Trent uh, Zaburi, uh, my good friend AAW producer. But Trent is in the building, uh, and he shared his thoughts. So I hope all the fi- high fivers enjoy this conversation I had with Trent, and we'll see you guys on the other side. And what up, high fivers? Uh, I'm back. Uh, this is your boy, High Five Tom, and uh, got a little special guest here. Um, as heard previously on the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup, I've got my very good friend Trent Sabiri on here to talk a little uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle 2012 as he was actually in the building uh, for said event. So I'll quit yapping here. But Trent, uh, how are you this evening? I'm good, man. It's kind of weird. We're not talking AAW. We're talking Ring of Honor this time, huh? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, but there's definitely a lot of Ring of Honor ties in this uh, this event. So, current, yeah, 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 current and past. So, yeah, no, no question about it. There's definitely a lot of AW ties into the whole thing. So, yeah, a lot to talk about. Let's do it. Um, yeah. So, firstly, I said I mean, we were talking in pre-production that you really kind of went to this event. So, um, were you there like the whole weekend, or you just basically flew off for that event then to see Jerry Lynn? No, I go. I used to go to New York a lot at that time. Um, okay. I got a lot of friends out there. New York's a big travel spot for me as it is still. So I was, uh, you know, I piggybacked it because for me it was uh, the special match on this one was um, was Jerry Lynn. Yeah. So I wanted to see Jerry Lynn. Even though, <laughs> funny enough, I saw him like maybe half a year later in Chicago anyway for AW. But <laughs> Jerry, Jerry's a friend of mine also. He became a friend of mine after this, you know, years later. And, but I was always a big Jerry Lynn mark. So, yeah, there was um, – you know, like I said, I paid you back, and it worked out pretty cool. It was a good event. I mean, the, it was, they sold Steen and Generico so damn well that it was like you had to go see it, you know? Yeah, and it's, you know, we'll we'll definitely get to that, but that definitely matched. I mean, um, you know, I talked about it um, when I was on with Will here, but, yeah, that match really, I want to say it really drew me in the Ring of Honor, you know, in the first place. Um, Quite a few, man. Quite a few people got uh, hooked through that one. And it's funny because, you know, these guys were – you know, nobody really, that was when you kind of realized these guys were legit, you know, like they were really, 
I mean, Ring of Honor was always a smaller company, but the thing was for that, for that audience, I mean, they were still, they still got Hammerstein. They still sold out Hammerstein. Yeah. So you can't take that away. I mean, you're still a legitimate deal if you can do that. And, you know, and, and watching on, I know on screen, it seemed pretty hot, but how was the crowd in general though? They seemed all into it. So, you know, you can't beat a New York crowd, man. It's a, it's a phenomenal crowd. Like they, those guys are just on from the second you, 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 the bell rings to the to the minute it ends. Like that crowd's hot. They're very, um, they're also very vocal. You know, I think they're they're not. They're little give up, man. They don't stop. <laughs> so yeah. I gotta give it to them. They very much so let let it be known on how uh, how they feel about a show. Yeah, and it, you know that Ring of Honor fan base back then seemed very, very, very passionate. So. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat a peak Ring of Honor fan base. I'm mean, be honest, 2012 was, was like kind of, you know, 2010 through 12 were very rough years for independence and a company like Ring of Honor because everybody was getting like scooped up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to WWE at the time. They were scooping everybody up. TNA was going more blocked off exclusively. Like it was just, it was a tough couple of years, man. AAW, I remember as a fan, I mean, them, everybody left you know it was a tough time like it was getting really rough like a lot of people were leaving in big chunks at the time so that was that's where it got a little tough yeah because uh that was the year that um yeah david richards like we talked about um you know in our last last year we're talking about aaw but you know elgins versus richards high um main our uh main event at winnie city classic that year so and i'm yeah we're very huge on, on this card so yeah man absolutely absolutely it was pretty cool though it's it's cool to see it all man yeah and it, it definitely aged aged very very well so um have you gone back and watched i mean i'm have you watched this whole card previously at all since you've been there i watched it not recently but i did watch it. i bought the dvd so i had the dvd okay. sitting here uh so i did watch it for sure but um but not not like now or anything for the for us to do this thing here now right yeah just just getting get your quick memory so how was that jerry lynn mike bennett match then I mean, that's what I went for, man. And I got to say, like, you know, I'm a huge Jerry Lynn fan to this day. And you know, like I said, it was a trip for me to like Jerry Lynn's numbers in my phone. You know what I mean? That, <laughs> to me, that's a trip because it's like I grew up a fan of this guy. And for for him to be a friend of mine now is awesome. But like I uh, I got to go out there. I mean, just to see. You no, know, this is early Bennett, too, though. Bennett's not the Bennett you're seeing today. This is a very... This was a Bennett that was kind of unproven that was being pushed pretty heavily to people, you know, before they were really ready for it. So he, I booed the shit out of Bennett. Even though I love the guy now, but yeah. he's, I get to work with him every month, but he's, uh, I mean, they, they tore him apart, man. You know, that's what I remember. Cause I, mean, I tore him apart. I was, broke, but I didn't give it. I mean, I was a Jerry Lynn guy, but I was like, I, I can, I was not having Mike Bennett at the time. <laughs> but, well, I mean, but, I, I mean, he was, you know, just watching this week by week. He is such a, amazing prick if that makes sense i mean he is just an oh yeah cocky arrogant heel and earlier this year i mean he they put him against lance storm you know he had yeah. a series with lance storm early in the year um you know so yeah mike bennett was unproven i mean he was technically unproven uh but i was not the mike bennett today but yeah he was such an asshole yeah i mean you know they they he still had maria with him at the time that's that's crazy to think that they've been together that long yeah. But yeah, Marie, I mean, she got a lot of attention, obviously, you know, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just funny because it's like, man, I mean, they 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 put a lot on Bennett, though, man. Like there was a lot going on with uh, with him. And um, 
and I, I, I kind of like, as we're talking about it, I'm remembering now, like, holy crap, like we really, you know, there was, he's not, he's definitely a different Mike Bennett, but it's like, man, it's 10 years ago already. Holy shit. Yeah. You know, that's nuts. Yeah. A lot, a lot, definitely a lot's changed. So, um, absolutely. You know, obviously there's a main event, but there are any other matches that kind of stick out for you on that card then? You know, I'm a big Briscoe guy, and you had the Scum feud going on at the time. Yeah. Scum and then CNC Wrestle Factory, who I never, I felt never got a fair, fair shake of Brees and Cedric. But, no. um, you know, but the big hook, another one, like aside from the main and stuff to me, was um, the Wolves versus Red Dragon. I mean, remember that feud now? Yeah. Well, the DR in Red Dragon was capitalized in the logo to be a shot at Davey Richards because he was the, right. he was Kyle's trainer, right? So that was the whole feud. I mean, that was a huge feud. Wolves and Red Dragon was freaking awesome, man. I mean, I was ready for that. Was another one that was built up for me that I was just like, holy crap, like this one. I Again, I had seen Davey and Kyle at AAW up, up until that point. You know, they were coming here regularly and stuff, so seeing that explode was pretty freaking cool, man. Yeah, and just, I mean, anytime, I mean, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, I mean, either if they're against each other or with each other or magic, and then you throw in Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Um, yeah, because Bobby Fish had just showed up in Ring of Honor. Um, well, I mean, as, as TV episodes go about a month ago, um, you know, and yes. just turned on Richards. So, I mean, kind of saw this coming all year, but. You know what's a trip, though, man? I'm looking at the thing here, and two of the guys on this card are now head writers at Impact Wrestling, right? R.D. Evans and Jimmy Jacobs are both part of – they're both the two head writers at Impact right now. Oh, so I, oh, R.D. Evans is in, in Impact, huh? Yeah, that's uh, – what, what's his uh, – what was his other name? He's, he, he did uh, – he was Marchi Archie, right, in, in Chikara before, and uh, – he was uh man, what was some of the other names? He had another one. Um I gotta look this up now. It slipped my mind. Yeah, Robert Evans, right? He was yeah, he's uh he's head writer of uh, at uh at Impact now. That's the thing. So he's been there for a while. Huh. And uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, him and Jimmy Jacobs, man, both of them. So um I can't remember what was one of his other names uh he went by because he was mixed martial archie. He did that one time at AAW and Archibald Peck. Yeah. <laughs> So he, he's 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 very very creative. I I find him to be very creative. Uh, but yeah, he two two of the guys on here are head writers of Impact. I mean, look at this card: Kevin Steen, yeah. El Generico. I mean, the two of the top guys in WWE today. Yeah, you know the Matt Hardy, absolute legend. Adam Cole had a kind of a little bit of a up and down recently, but um, you know still had a peak at one point. Mike Ben is no is better now than he ever was. Yeah, uh, I mean. Look at the, I mean, look at the names. Rhino, who's still who's at one after the Impact Tag Champs today, but still going. Jay yeah. Lethal, you know. I mean, it, it, the card's nuts, man. When you look at it, it's like crazy to think. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, we're, we're very fortunate, you know, to catch the build for all this and everything. So, um, well, I had no idea Artie Evans was at, at Impact. So, huh. yeah, man, he's the he's the he's the head of creative and uh, he's a head writer, I believe, and Jimmy's the head of creative and. Scott Demore's VP, so he kind of oversees everything. But that's the that's the the talent structure there. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I know this is kind of off topic, but kind of on topic. But dude, that that speedball Josh Alexander match a couple weeks ago on Impact TV. Oh my god, what yeah. a freaking match! Like 
I, I can't wait to see Josh in a few weeks at AEW, and I can I can just tell him again, like you know, you legitimately in my mind is the absolute best in the world today. Yeah, there's no there's nobody better than than Josh Alexander. Um, and you know, I just and Speedball yeah. pretty close. I mean, Speedball is definitely right there. I mean, I'm a big Speedball guy. It's like when I was going back, kind of watching, um, you know, old PWG. He was someone that really kind of piqued my interest, and then he got kicked out of the country. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he got banned. Yeah, the uh, the um, the border thing. He got caught up in that too. That's right. So, um, but yeah, so shout out to R.D. Evans and Jimmy Jacobs for for. I mean, obviously for Alexander and Speedball for putting that match on, but um, I know that's got nothing to do with Ring of Honor. But I just want to shout that out because that's that's probably my match of the year so far. So far, absolutely. I, I, it's going to be hard. And it's a buzzer beater, man. At the in December to yeah. sneak that in at the end of the year, but. Uh, but that, that's pretty cool. I'm uh, I'm I'm happy for him. And Josh just had nothing but but just hits all year, and and if he doesn't get the credit he deserves, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tragedy. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying Josh Alexander, you know, rest of the year, past couple of years. So I know cool. I know I'm preaching the choir on that one. So um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, listen, we had the, yeah the Matt Hardy Adam Cole match on there. Um, that wasn't for the TV title, uh, you know, and then Rhino and Jay Lethal. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Oh, um, Wrestling's Fred's Tag Team versus Red Titus and BJ Whitmer. Yeah, that's another one too. That was kind of like a like a one one generation versus the other is how I felt. Like you know, I I thought it was a street fight though. Yeah, BJ's a good street fighter, and that was God. I'm trying to remember if that's the one where I BJ took. I mean, BJ was known for taking these stiff goddamn shots to the fucking neck, man, and. Oh. He, I don't know if that was the match I'm thinking of. He took one in, in Hammerstein that was just miserable. I don't think it was this matchup, but he somebody took some crazy bumps. He was nuts. Yeah, he was yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah, because and he just came back too. And um, yeah, I've got a, another friend of mine shout out to Brain Buster, uh, Brain Buster Boys Brett. But uh, yeah, so I guess Whitmer's actually in charge of the women's division for AEW now. Yeah, I saw that he's uh, he's doing some. He's a producer, so yeah. I mean, look. Very talented guy, good mind for it all. You know, like he's been around twenty plus years. I mean, B, I like BJ Whitmer a lot. I was a big fan of his. I always thought he. What I loved about BJ Whitmer is that he just never, he never stayed down. You had to, you had to kill the guy. You know, to keep him down. Yeah. I always loved that about him. Yeah, uh, and obviously Haas and Benjamin. I mean, they're world class, but Rhett Titus is so underrated in in Ring of Honor history. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where is Red Titus now? I'm I'm missing something on him. Where where's I, he at? I know he was doing a bunch of independence out like in the Baltimore, Maryland area. Um, I haven't heard much, which is kind of disappointing. So uh, you know it's funny. I saw his first song in, in Ring of Honor. It was a remix of Addicted to Love, but they were replaced addict the word addicted to love uh, they were replaced the word love with Red Titus. Because they're like, gonna have to face it, you're addicted to a red titan. <laughs> like, it, it was awesome. Yeah. It was fucking, it was so great. I used to, I love red titan. I thought he was, there was nothing, it wasn't like he was some major technician. Like, he wasn't some big breakout, but he was fun. He was the, he was like usually an opener. Um, great athlete. Yeah, a lot of, great athlete. Looked like him. He looked great. He had great shape. He, I liked him. I just, he wasn't a breakout, but he definitely was a solid addition to your card. You know, you wanted to have him on as a good addition to your card. 
Yeah, I mean, the dude's got one of the best drop kicks ever, too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, and I was glad, and I was glad to see that you know, Wing of Honor gave him the t- you know the TV title, which would have had a little bit of a run on it, but um, because yeah, because here in 2012, him and Kenny King finally win those tag team belts in July, but then Kenny leaves for Impact and leaves. Yeah. Rhett. So Rhett was in. I mean, I don't know if he ever won any other gold until 2021. So, um, I guess we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, and then uh, the the main event, you know, probably a match of the match of the decade contender uh, for the 2010s for sure. Uh, Steen and Generico. Um, you know, I've watched this match a couple times. I've watched it before. I'll watch it again. Um, what was it like to be in the building for that? And just the electricity. Um, there's a moment. There's a moment where they face off. That I absolutely th- thought the building itself was just gonna was just going to either rush the ring or come apart. You know, it was like they looked at each other at one point. I mean, you know, they're both. This is uh, ten years ago, I and mean, they're 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 more seasoned now than they have ever been. You know, but there there's a such a build to that moment that like it didn't matter if they were in the business two years or twenty at that moment because they did it right. And I think they they did the job so right to get to that point that we believed in it, man. At the end of the day, you believed in the whole thing. I believed in that match, and I was like, I was I I didn't care, I didn't care what you know. Honestly, it's one of those things where like the build was so much fun that I didn't even care if the match was good because you already you already sold the sizzle on the steak, you know. Like it just I was already I wasn't disappointed at all. It, it, like even if the match wasn't great, I wasn't. I wouldn't be disappointed because you you took me for a hell of a ride at that point, and the match is great too. On top of that, so I had a good sizzle and a good steak. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to think looking back. I mean, uh, Generico, this is only his second match in Ring of Honor in 2012. I mean, there was no buildup with like him involved at all until this match. Uh, but with, like you said, like you said, you you were invested um, because everyone knows the history. You know. This that, was- this wasn't his second match in Ring of Honor. You're saying this was his second match ever in Ring of Honor? No, it was his second match that year. Oh, a year. Yeah. He was he show, he wrestled Steen in April. Um, and then he didn't come back again until till this match. And two just in 2012. Obviously, it's not his last match in or second match in Ring of Honor, obviously. But really? I'm trying to remember now. Hang on, that's yeah. now I'm trying you got me wondering what, what uh all the build packages were for this because I'm now I'm really trying to try to think back on all that. Um, well, obviously, I mean, at Generico, you know, beat him in 2010. I uh, beat Steen in 2010 to kick him out of Ring of Honor. Um, and that was the last time Kevin Steen was pinned for over two years, too, by the way. Yeah, because that was the, um, I mean, that was that whole big storyline with uh, um, when Steen was going just freaking just ruckus, you know, like when he went out of his mind after that. I, it was fun, man. There was, there was some fun shit during that time. Hey, let me. Yeah, let me look here because I want to see. Uh, I'm looking at his cage match, and I really want to know. And that was the final match. And you're right; it was. Uh, well, he had no in 2012. He had one, two, three, four. This was the fifth match because uh, they did one in Chicago. I know. I knew that. I knew. He, yeah, uh, April of that year was uh, BJ and Generico versus Steen and Jimmy Jacobs. I was at that too. For Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor. Yep. 428 2012. Oh, because yeah, they didn't. Yeah, that was not Honor Club. 
Yeah, it might not be. Maybe not. He's on art. But the matches that year were uh, either the last man standing with Steen, 3-30-2012. Yeah, showed on the sun. Right. And then uh, Jimmy Jacobs and Generico, 3-31-2012. was part, tag part two of showed on the sun. Uh, then it was that tag I just mentioned, Chicago. Then it was Generico and O'Reilly with a no contest, which I want to say Steen interfered on. Huh. And then this was Hammerstein. Wow. Yeah, because that was not – I'll have to yell at Tony Khan because that's not an honor club. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah, honor club might be missing some stuff for some reason. Yeah. But, but you know, they – but they definitely had a, a – it's a storied feud. And, you know, I'm, I, we were all indie nerds, man. And, you know, we – like, we followed – like, they, they had how many matches against each other? They – let me look right here. They had, I mean, matches that they were both involved – 155, you know, that they were – not not singles, all of them, but like that they were all in at some point, and it's just like Jesus Christ, you know, 155. I mean, we knew the history. We all we were all such nerds for this crap that like we just I knew all, I was looking back and studying all these tapes and watching this feud unfold, you know. But the Ring of Honor alone, they had. Jeez. Now, um, now were you aware, Liz? And I had another friend of mine that was in the building for this, and he knew that generic it was Generico's last Ring of Honor match. Did you know? going in i want to say i did because i was more you know insider stuff but to be honest i'm thinking back now that i'm i'm thinking about it i don't think i did i don't think i did i i think i i stayed allegiant to that at, for this one i don't think i did to be honest now that i think about it nice. i don't think so yeah because yeah i didn't realize yeah because yeah he showed up in nxt january 2013 I don't think I knew. I'm not, I'm gonna have to ask my buddy I went with. Yeah. I don't know if he remember because he's had kids since then and he's kind of <laughs> kind of loopy. <laughs> but um but I'll ask him, like, did we did we remember did we know this going in? He might remember. I'll I'll find out. You know, I'll I'll see what he thinks and if he uh if he can remember. Yeah, because it sounds like yeah, at least the merch line they, they sent out generico at least with some money in his pocket, so um, oh yeah, I'm sure. I I didn't do any merch meeting. I didn't do any meeting. I bought a shirt. I got the cover art shirt, which is the half faces. I remember. Uh, not shirt. I'm sorry. I have a poster, not a shirt. I have a poster, which I didn't get signed, even though I saw these guys. You know, again, like I run into both of them at other times. And like Steen, I hung out with the next year uh, at the Squared Circle over here in Chicago. Nice. Yeah, he was there. Generico was gone already at that point, but I. But I saw Jericho this before that before that match, um, the Chicago one. They did like uh, he did a meet and greet at Challengers Comics. I want to say here okay. in Chicago, and it was him and a, him and God. I want to say the uh, here. You know what? I'm going to check something real quick. I'm pretty sure if I see Kazarian and Daniels on that card, they were also there. I I think. Uh, let's see. That was 2012 Chicago unity. That's the show. Let's see if I'm remembering this correctly. Uh, God, time flies, man. Mm. Yeah. yeah, they're not, no, they weren't on this one. So it was just generico, but, um, uh, yeah, I was remembering something else on this, but yeah, that was just generic. But yeah, so no, uh, it's different, different meeting group, but I did meet generic at, uh, at challengers comics and it was around this time frame. Yeah, yeah, I mean, time flies. I said, I, I remember I was I had just gotten back from South America like three days. I was in South America for two months, 
just before this. So I'm like, wow, that was 10 years ago. Oof. 10 years, man. Yeah. I can't get over how quick time flies nowadays. But you know what? The thing about wrestling is interesting is that it's um, wrestling serves as kind of like this weird timestamp of things for us. Yeah. You know, it, it ends up being like a timestamp that you, you pivot off. Cause I, if I say 2012, I can remember like, okay, March of 2012. Oh, this is, this is December, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember because I was dating this girl who got, who was upset that I didn't take her to New York with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause like, I was like, I'm going to watch wrestling. It's a guy's trip. And she was pissed off. I'm like, dude, I want to go to New York too. You know, like it was, a, I can remember like, I'm like, I was dating that girl and I was working this job and I was doing this and I was this age, yeah. you know, I was driving this car. Like I can remember by wrestling events. And I know it sounds ridiculously nerdy, but it's kind of fun. Cause that's, that's like how I pivot stuff, you know? Yeah. We are nerds. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. We're nerds for this stuff, man. I mean, it's, no matter how much I want to do. I mean, I work in it for God's sake, you know, and I get pissed <laughs> off at it and I love it and I get pissed off at it and I love it. But, you know, but you, but you can't deny it's a big, I, I've chosen for it to be a big part of my life. And I tell you, Ring of Honor, it's, I was such a big Ring of Honor fan, man. Like, I know it just came back with AEW ownership and I just, it's not the same though. You know, it's, it's, it's never going to be the same. It's never, yeah. ever going to feel the same. But I can tell you this, the first Ring of Honor event in Chicago I'll never in my life forget the feeling of that night. Um, the view of the building, it was just Jesus Christ. I like it was such a big deal when they came here. It yeah. like that day, like I want to see, I, I'm trying to remember the first and you know, but Chicago became a big town for them anyway. Yeah. But but the first show was uh I, I remember the I'm gonna look at it real quick. Yeah. Reborn stage two. I'll never forget it, man. They, they said the attendance was 650. I, I'll be damned. It, it was at least, it was, it felt like it, it might, it might as well have been six, 6,500. Like it felt that big, you know, yeah. but dude, it was so cool because they were just, you know, they were the hot indie, you know, and like TNA was around. I was a big TNA guy, but TNA had TV at this point already. They got TV in 04, you know? So it was like, all right, well, TNA was doing Fox Sports Net. Ring of Honor still didn't have TV. So they were still like the, um, they were still like the, uh, the, uh, the little engine that could, right? And it was just, I'll never forget that night, man. It was such a big deal. And I was like, who the hell? I look at all these guys. I'm like, the crowd was hot. And, uh, that's a, that's the night I just fell in love with Nigel McGinnis. Became my at one of my all time top five guys, you know. That was one, um, just an amazing show. If you look at Reborn Stage Two, two thousand four, it's just it's a who's who. I mean, and I got to see one of my my, my best friends today is Danny Daniels, the owner of AAW. He wrestled he wrestled Ricky Reyes on that show. Oh really? Were, yeah. So it's fun stuff, man. It's real fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, Ring of Honor was really like the first promotion promotion that I gravitated to when I came back. And obviously, they've got a you know a big presence here in Milwaukee too, because you know in KFA 2013, they're coming back to Milwaukee in January, so we'll be covering that show. So, yeah, and yeah. Um, Mark Briscoe is jumping off the balcony, made the top uh, one of the top moments of 2012 on Ring of Honor TV. So, that was- yeah, that's true. That is true, man. I was. Uh- we were there. <laughs> it was awesome. 
pretty good stuff. Well, but, awesome. uh, legendary yeah. time, man. The Ring of Honor in, in its heyday. I, I encourage anybody to get watch the old stuff. You know, it, it, it is something very special. Ring of Honor. It's uh, it's a time in my life that I'll never forget in terms of just. It, it's not Tom. It's not so much the shows themselves. It's the feeling of them going with your buddies, man. The right. most fun I had was the time I spent with the people I went with, you know? Yeah. And Ray of Honor came back damn near every five, six weeks. So, yeah. you know, six weeks at the time. Or maybe it was maybe no, it was about six, seven weeks, I want to say. They were doing Chicago. It was a part of the regular loop. Yeah. Maybe six, let's say six to eight tops. Tops, you know? Yeah. But they were here so regularly that we had plans. And then, then you had, like, because the TNA wasn't touring, and it would piss me off. At, before I'm like, I love TNA, but they wouldn't tour. So, Ring of Honor was our touring brand. So you yeah. had Ring of Honor, then you had AAW started in 04, you know, the other indies around here. But those were the two big ones for me was AAW and Ring of Honor, and um, just a special time, man. Yeah. So, I highly recommend people to go back and look at all this stuff because it's it's a lot of great memories. I'm in the I'm in the background on a ton of shows in Chicago. You can see me on so many shows. It's hilarious. Yeah, I'll have to hit you up next time. Uh, yeah, they're they're coming up on tour. Listen, I always like in my 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 um in my mind, I always think that I'm like in until so I'm like, oh yeah, they'll be me walking a couple weeks. But I'm like, oh, that was ten years ago. But <laughs> dude, there's a. There's a show in Chicago. I'm trying to remember which. Oh man, the Briscoes are bloody as hell, and they're dragging through the audience. And at one point, Mark Briscoe crashes into my leg, and my leg's in a big old state. Mark Briscoe blood face stain. On it. Like, well, these jeans are going in the trash. <laughs> oh, Mark Briscoe is a national treasure. That's all I gotta say. So hey, they're sweethearts too. When you meet them, they're really good dudes. Yeah. So yeah. Well, well, that's 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 my story, man. I'm sticking to it. Sweet, sweet. Well, before I pull a train to the station here, Trent, you got any other uh, any other memories you want to share, real quick? Oh, man, I talked about the first show. Um, my favorite uh, Ring of Honor match is Nigel and Danielson at um, I want to say it's Undeniable 2008. Trying to name of the show, Undeniable, maybe it was, but. Uh, that was uh Nigel was was he champ at the time? I don't know if he was champion. I'll tell you right now what it was here. Here we go. It was Rising Above. Sorry, Rising Above. I think it was 2008. Here we go. Let's see. I'm trying to open the uh the link to look at the uh yes. It was for the title. Nigel champion. Rising above 08, Nigel and Danielson. That's I loved that match so much. Uh, and look at this card. I mean, Phoenix Twins versus Aaron Scott and Grizzly Rod. Phoenix Twins are AAW legends. Steen and Generico as a tag team defeating the Briscoes. Mischief, who was another AAW legends, against Sarah Del Rey. Delirious and Red Titus. Claudio taking on Alex Payne. Sammy, a young Sammy Callahan and a young si- Silas Young at the time. How about that, right? It's 2008. Wow. Sweet and Sour Ink, which was Chris Hero, Davey, and Go Shiozaki. God, what that happened to Go, Go Shiozaki? With Larry freaking Sweeney taking on Ace Steel, Brett Albright, and Roger Strong, Austin Aries, and Jimmy Jacobs, Nigel and Danielson. It's a who's effing who of goddamn names on that, man. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. 
Yeah. Where, where is Go Shiyazaki these days? Well, he's still working, though. Still looks like he's still working here. Shit. Yeah. So, and Noah. He's in Noah. Uh, the big joke, and everybody, everybody used to yell, go, go. That was like the chance. Go, go. <laughs> uh, well, that's good shit. So, well, Trent, my friend, as always, um, I appreciate you coming on. And I have a feeling you and I will be talking some AAW here probably in the next week or so. But, uh, my friend, yes. I appreciate all your help. Hey, thanks, buddy. Always a pleasure. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. See you, man. All right, high fivers. That was my uh, great conversation, my good friend Trent. Uh, but your boys, high five Tom and too slow Will. Will's not the too slow one. You're the too slow one. Um, Will, it's the moment we've literally been waiting for all year. That's not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. That's that's the truth. Match is kind of a big deal to a lot of people. Um. I know some publications actually call this the match of the decade. I can't say I argued with it. Um, we have not been watching this entire storyline, you know, because this storyline did start three years ago. Um, we've only done a podcast for a year, uh, but we're both aware of this storyline. Um, yeah, this is the blow off. This is a uh, this is best friends now bitter enemies. You know, I mean, we've heard that six thousand times. You know, in the past, but it's true. Uh, but Will, it's time for the main event. And as it turns out, Tom, as you said, it's the blow-off. Because as we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it after, this is the last we see of El Generico in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Oops. There we go. Is that too loud? Well, right now, I don't hear anything, so. Okay, well, hopefully we don't get dinged. Uh Yeah, this is the blow-off. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely kind of get into the it's, it's, it's the blow-off. It's yep. the ultimate blow-off. Um, I, I did chuckle that right off the bat, Kevin Kelly tells Caleb, pack light, uh, and be ready to move. Because uh, this match is going to be all over the place. Man, we're fucking kidding. Um, you know, and then uh, it was weird. So... Will, do you remember any other El Generico matches besides a lot of Ravon Child this year? He had five matches in the Ring of Honor this year with three of them I'm not aware of. A random match against Kyle O'Reilly in Chicago? I don't think we saw that. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I know. He, he, must have, he must have had matches at tapings or whatever. Or they just weren't televised. Yeah, I, just, I thought that was fucking weird. So. Um, well, Will, um, there's a lot to cover here, so we'll try and keep this brief, um, but not really. Right off the bat, um, you know, these two obviously start punching each other. Um, but, man, those See, ladders. This was, this, this was the kind of beating you could only give your best friend. Yeah. That's a, the great way to put it. Um, I would not trust somebody that I was not like 100% tight with. Yeah. To batter me with broken pieces of water. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, um, hey, you know, when the pops came out, generic, I think got a little bit bigger of a pop because he's been gone, but, you know, Steen's still popular. I did love that Kevin Steen threw away the old belt. I did forget to mention that, you know, because he did demand a new Ring of Honor belt, quote unquote. So, 
Yeah, um, that was part of his uh his conditions. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, right off the bat, I mean, I swear to God, they went through six legs, and they went through fucking ladders. You know, most matches, like you know, you get you get a you know a ladder, and and you know they only want you know, the budget's only budget for like four ladders, but they went through like six of them in fifteen minutes. But um, well, that and a lot of a lot of these ladders look like I don't remember which match specifically. It's when like AOP DIY or it was a match of ladders, and one went through the ladder, but it looked like it was made out of wood. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like like this is these guys are smashing metal ladders. Yeah, and every ladder is legit. Um, that's a good point. So you know, um and Steen dominates most of the match, obviously. Um, I do love Kevin Steen. You know, he he do a big move on Generico. Um, and they start, you know, yelling at Kevin Kelly. You know, Kevin Kelly, are you scared now? Are you scared now for us? Blah 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 blah. So he keeps bringing, you know. That shit from two years ago when he was he was worried about the health of El Generico and Kevin Steen. Um, and goddamn, so, you know, Steen beats Generico into the corner, um, takes that cannonball onto the ladder. Whew, he almost killed Bobby Cruz and fucking Kerry Silken. I'm not sure why those two are sitting in I mean, I know why they're sitting in the ringside, but why they're sitting in the ringside. Bobby Cruz took a lot of shrapnel in this fucking match. Um... You know, he jawed with Kevin Kelly to give him a rest, uh, keeping the the crowd engaged. Um, you know, like Phil had talked about earlier in his his little clip there, you know, Kevin Steen is a goddamn master. You know, really, I mean, just the psychology in this whole fucking match, like you said, the, the beatings these guys took. Um, you know, Kevin Kelly brings up, you know, the fact is, you know, what if Ke- Jim Cornette had given El Generico this chance? Um, you know, it's kind of curious, especially knowing what we know now, but we'll get into that. Uh, but you know, when I jump against the new sheriff in town, uh, you know, Kevin, you know, Kevin Steen screams El Generico. Um, he tells him, you know, his head's going to be more broken than these ladders. And, uh, until you see the match, there's a lot of fucking ladders. So, uh, Kevin Steen's got a lot of great offense, you know, but there's a genius in this matches. El Generico does it. I mean, great job, quote, quotes. Taking these moves, um, you know, it's a master sell job. Like Eddie Edwards, we always talked about, um, you know, and like we talked about earlier, those fucking barricades. Those were fucking thick-ass, lead-based fucking barricades. Um, I'm not trying to say I'm a barricade master, but I'm pretty fucking close. And when he threw Generico in that fucking bar- and that thing exploded. I mean, he threw him right through that fucking barricade. Um. And then uh, Kevin Steen getting in the crowd, uh, you know, jawing with the other El Generico. Um, I had to crack up because his buddy had a, a Kevin Steen shirt on. Um, and then a CM Punk chant starts, and then, you know, Kevin Steen plays right into it. Um, and finally, like 15 minutes in the match, uh, Steen finally climbs the ladder. Um, but goddamn, well, how high is this fucking belt? It's up there. You know, it's like holy shit. Uh, I mean, they've they've shrunk down everything, but it's legit when they're like, "Yo, climb the ladder to get the belt," and the belt's on the frame. Yeah. Now, when they hang stuff from the ladder, it's like you can stand on like a two-step step stool. You can probably reach it. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, El Generic will finally get some offense in. Um, you know, he's able to throw him off the ladder. He throws him through a table. Um, and El Generic will get his first skill in the ladder. Um, but, yes, yeah, Steen does the classic pushing the ladder. I mean, it just makes sense. I don't know why. I mean, that whole pushing people off the ladder thing wasn't really a thing until fucking Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. Um, it just makes sense, Will. Why would you not push your opponent off? Um, great sell job by El Generico. And this whole match was a fucking sell job. I mean, he ate that fucking turnbuckle, but um Will, I've been talking a bunch of you. You got any thoughts? You have been kind of vulgar in this whole thing, but any thoughts so far? As I said, t- as I said Tom, my only issue with this match is that I <laughs> only had a screen this big to watch it on. Why is that, Will? Because I don't have Good up to date technology, Tom. No, well, that's not it. It's because Tony Khan's fucking you with your honor club, and you can't watch it on other devices. It's not you. I, mean, I was ho- I I was hoping that the revamped honor club would run a little better, but I think it's just uh, I think it's just the old girls. Just uh, yeah. This is this is I I'm the original Xbox One. So I mean, this thing's. Seven years old? <laughs> Eight years old? Well, well, that's a good segue. Because when either of us decide to be rich, um, we're going to throw parties, we're going to rent out a movie theater, and we're going to watch our favorite wrestling matches. And you high-fivers, if you're at the, the Ring of Honor Revelry Patreon page, at $100 a month, you are invited to these screenings with Will, Brendan, and I. Just so you know. Um. But uh, can, yeah, you could do you could do theme. We could we could watch like the Kevin Steen El Generico feud, like from um, beginning to end. The from the first from the first turn to all oh, the way up through. No, we'd start way at the beginning, like when they're like friends <laughs> and I started teaming together. So when they beat the Age of the Fall in two thousand eight, was that their first title? Was that their only title? What the fuck? I have to go back and watch it, but I guess they had a fucking they had a classic with the Briscoes. Speaking of ladder, we're at Final Battle, um, back in two thousand seven. So, um, great move, Will. I don't remember this, but you know, El Generico has got that spinning, twisting DDT off the ropes. Um, yep. but Ken Steen spun into an awesome fucking backbreaker. You don't see that very often. Um, El Generico takes more punishment. Uh, Kevin Steen sets up the ladder. Uh, he does a table thingy. Um, so he's got you know the ladder between the ladder and the apron and the um the crowd uh, puts a table on it. Um, oh yeah, and then of course, you know, Kevin Steen goes to throw uh, El Generico over. Uh, Kevin Steen's the one that ends up eating that table and the ladder. Surprise, surprise. That never happens, Will. That's the first time in the history of, of wrestling that's ever happened. Um you know, and Kevin Steen's great at begging for help. You know, now he, now he's the victim. Um, you know, and finally, El Generico, after 20 minutes, pulls out a fucking ladder that's actually going to reach the goddamn belt. It's a big ladder. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, and yeah, the nice thing about El Generico taking this punishment, um, you know, the crowd goes nuts for any time he does get some offense in. Um Kevin Steen does hit the F sync through a table. 
Um, and then at this point, Kevin Steen takes two ladders and builds another table thingy. Um, you know, and Kevin Kelly kind of you know, laughs at Janair, or uh, Kevin Steen because the way he set the ladder up, he's not going to be able to reach the, the table or the belt anyway. So, right. Um, it's like this is, it's like you had something going there, but you, you can't reach the belt from there. Yeah. So, um, but yes, you can get some more offense in, but will. He actually hits the previously illegal package pile driver on the creator of said package pile driver. He did, but it was not enough to keep Kevin Steen away. It was not. So, um, so they battle back and forth. Steen adds a second ladder. So basically, he's got four ladders. So he's got two ladders that are vertical, up and down. And he's got two two ladders that are set up, and then you get like layers of scaffolding. Yeah, with two and more he, ladders. And he didn't realize that one ladder is going to be too wide, so he had to move them together. So I thought that was kind of funny. So, um, and then they get on top of the second one, and they're battling ten feet in the air. Will which is more like five. Um, I did like the over exaggeration. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so they're they're fighting on the second ladder. Um, and Kevin Steen, like Kevin Steen likes to do, will kicks uh, El Generico in the ding ding. Yeah, and yeah. Then he, he package file drives uh, El Generico through the fucking rope. Um, and he goes up and he grabs the belt, and still, your Ring of Honor champion, Kevin Steen. Um, you know, Kevin Kelly says like after every ladder war, they say there's never gonna be another ladder war. Blah blah blah. Um. You know, you know, they say honor lives in the kit in the tag division, but uh evil reigns in the world title picture. So um that's it. Yeah, can I mean can anyone really beat Kevin Steenwell? I mean somebody must eventually. Um I really liked that Carino and Jacobs weren't involved in this at all. That was a nice refresher refreshing change. Um and high, and high fivers, keep in mind, it was a very brief overview of this match. It's on YouTube. Go out of your fucking way to watch this match. It really is. I mean, it was awesome. Well, did it? I mean, now you've seen the match before this, right? Or was this the first time of year? Or is this your first viewing of it? You said with me, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's this is your first Sorry. time. I remember Sorry. your first time seeing this match well. Yes. Wow. I I almost watched it ahead of time. Because obviously as we're getting close to final battle. Yeah. Um the match itself is just separated out. It gets shared a lot. I mean, it's really good. They have incredible chemistry. They still have incredible chemistry. Yeah, they, I mean, they've been this way for you know, 20 years. Um, and there's some people, like, there's just some people who have it, and they both have it. I mean, Sami Zayn's had a hell of a 2022. El Generico did not have a great 2012. In Ring of Honor. In Ring of Honor. Yeah. He did have a pretty decent run in PWG, but um 
Yeah, it, it just yeah, it's not, it was like as soon as Steam came back, Generico just could not couldn't put them away. Yeah. And um and listen, I mean it's been two years, Ken, since <laughs> I mean, obviously you suspended for, for nine months, but and you know, obviously it worked out. Um actually this is kind of a random question. Do you think Cornette would have booked this if he was still booking it? Because he hated El Generico. So, is Cornette still booking it? Like, I know Nigel's the on-screen, like, matchmaker or whatever. But do we know that Cornette is no longer, like, actually booking the show still? I, uh... Because I don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, that layer of it is tough. Because I know we're also kind of to segue into our question of dishonor. Yeah. And and what that would entail. So, I mean, it's... My gut feeling, the way things are... I mean, because at least... I mean, the thing is, if you know... Because El Generic... Look, this is El Generico's last Ring of Honor appearance. Yeah, this might be his. I think this so, might be last. This might be El Generico's last match ever. I think I couldn't confirm that as as El Generico. Yeah, um, that, that would make sense because he was in the NXT system in January. Yeah, within a month. So but, I, yeah, it's a way to go out. So I mean, if if you're gonna send out that character, I mean, what better way to send it out in like this big brutal match and really cap off like your biggest story. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like the end of the it's like the end of the movie, right? It's like the villain seems to be like on top. Like yeah. what's gonna happen? Like who in the back stands yeah. a chance. Yeah, I mean listen, I mean will I mean said so somebody will beat him. Um unfortunately I do know who it is, but um, when this person has not wrestled him yet, but uh, this is great. I mean, there were so I, I wish I I watched this three times. I did. I watched it um, while I was working. I watched it in, like intently, and I watched it today with my notes. But there were so many little nuances in this match that they were telling stories. Um, it was utterly ridiculous. Not a great camera job because there's a lot of times you can see those two talking to each other. Um, and some, some hand signals, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the genius of, of Generico taking those spots and how he took them and Kevin Steen's reaction every time, you know, Generico was quote unquote hurt, he would run in the crowd and yell at somebody, you know, it was, it was a fucking masterpiece. Um, everyone should watch it. I do really quick. My listener, our good friend, Mickey, um, has sent his notes cause he was in the building um, he doesn't have it on DDD, so it's kind of going from memory. I uh, was happy to see Prince Nana. Uh, Prince Nana is a big indie New York guy. Um, obviously, most known for his mic work and being a manager. Uh, but he has some good matches. Unless, yeah, we talked about earlier that uh, that R.D. Evans fucking Prince Nana match delivered. You know, it may have been the weakest match on on your show, but it was a great weak match. It's better than Jay Cargill versus Nyla Rose being your week. Oh wait, I'm sorry. What? Um, he was the same thing as soon as, like, we, we kind of talked about, it didn't just become, like, a proxy match, right? It didn't just become, like, they're each going to have, like, a stand-in. 
Yeah, in wrestle, like they actually had the match. Yeah. So in um, and after talking to Trent, I might dig into RDX because I hated him for the longest time. Um, I just thought the character was kind of stale, but uh, seems like a good dude. But um, he was you happy to see Jerry Lynn. Uh, Jerry Lynn's one of his favorites. Uh, one of his final matches, obviously, is his last Ring of Honor match, but he does have probably about a dozen so more throughout 2013, which you should probably check out. Um, you know, it wasn't given as much time as he would have liked, but I mean, yeah, because the 15 minute promo afterwards, but um, and just the way they tend to show, and um, yeah, oh, he said he sure uh, saw him with Lance Stormer in an indie show, and said that matches it on, uh, on YouTube. Um, but yeah, Jerry Lynn could still fucking go. Um, and uh, the fans, I mean, New York Smarky fans, very hard on Matt Hardy, uh, which didn't come across on TV. Um, but doesn't surprise me in the least. You know, they're not, I mean, Ring of Honor is not. Like, it, you could tell it wasn't as favorable, but it wasn't like, it. the way they mic'd it up, it wasn't like overwhelming booze, but like it didn't really sound like they were cheering him either. Um, they said they also got on you know, uh, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team, you know, because they're WWE guys. And obviously the Ring of Honor crowd is is very smarky. Um, very smarky, smart pants. Um, so, you know, he enjoyed both those matches, um, seeing them all at the show, um, and other ones too. And then, uh, Will, Steen Generico was brutal. Um, you know, the stuff they did was far and beyond what they um, had to do, and it was captivating. I remember being scared for both guys during a match a few times. Uh, I give credit to both guys for what they gave to the fans that night. You know, he still remembers it very, very fondly 10 years ago. Um, and I asked Trent this, and he wasn't sure uh, if people were aware if it was El Generico's last match or not. Since I was going to take you take you out of the match, um, but I mean, I guess- they probably didn't. I mean, at this point, right? I mean, it's not like you have fightful selects and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I said some people knew because Generico sold a ton of merch that night. Um. You know, because um, he says, the last thing he says, I also remember Generico selling a ton of merch before the show because it was known that it was his last show before leaving for WWE. Um, he had good lines. I'm sure he made a nice amount of money that night. So, um, yeah, Mickey, awesome. Thank you so much. It's just kind of always cool to, to catch someone's perspective that was in the building. Like, we missed things. Like, we didn't hear the bullying from Matt Hardy. You know, we didn't catch that part. I mean, I'm not surprised. You know, so... Yeah, like I said, like there was booze because I mean Matt Hardy hasn't exactly been cheered since he's been like he showed up at whatever event it was, and yeah, I mean we haven't been that excited for Matt Hardy. No, in 2012, Ring of Honor. Yeah, and we, I mean it was partly because of his dance partner. Too. I mean, Apple does deliver in the room. I'll give him that. So, um. You know, it's just his promo skill. And it's, I mean, it's just tough because we know what's to come with Adam Cole. I mean, don't get me wrong. Adam yeah. Cole is one of my favorites. So, um, well, Will, listen, I mean, I kind of bogarted that segment again because, you know, I do what I want. But uh, before we get into our awesome question of dishonor um, from our good friend, Brundon, do you have any final thoughts here on uh, C. Generico? Watch it if you haven't, and then watch it again. Yeah, I'll probably put the YouTube link on uh, on uh, the ad, but 
Yeah, and literally, you know, it sounds like hyperbole. Ha ha ha! He said, "Watch it again." But yeah, the more you watch it, you catch the little things. It, it's just we're obviously humongous Kevin Steen marks on this fan. I, I mean, I don't mean to speak for you, Will, but I'm pretty sure. Um, oh no, it, you know, big, Phil, big Kevin Steen guy. Yeah, and listen, I mean, Phil, you know, in his comments, Phil's a very, 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 very educated. You know, wrestling quote unquote fan. I mean, he's very high on Jenner, or uh, Kevin Steen, and we're seeing it today. I mean, ten years later, in a different company, in a different style. But um, Will, our question of dishonor this week. Do you want? Do you want to do the honors, or do you want me to do it? I can pull it up. Have the exact wording. I have. So I don't put. I don't put. I don't put words in Brendan's mouth. <laughs> That's a tough one, so, too. Greatly time, though. Brendan, thank you in advance. Brendan asked us this week, had Generico not signed with the E, he came and he was going to be back in Ring of Honor full-time, where would he have gone from here? If he wasn't leaving, do you think he loses? And yeah. I'm aware I'm asking you, like, I know you know right. who, like, how he loses the title. Right. Obviously, they, they book it out for that, but does it, like, can Gener- if Jericho is going to be hanging around, can he lose? another big match and still be like a threat you know i i don't know that's because you would want him to get the title um but maybe it's one of those things where he's over without the title i mean he doesn't need you know he's not a guy that needs title and obviously kevin seems over with, without the title we saw that for the first part of the year but i mean how do you right, come but- back? i mean what do you do after that I mean, you can't get it from Steen. You know, um, I, I I say no. I think they kind of booked, I mean, unless they had done a different match here. Um, no, I mean, even if if not if Nigel is the actual booker and Cornette's gone in real. And I and to answer your question, I think Cornette is gone. Um, just I, I think there's been a definite change in the booking since he's quote unquote left. Um I don't think he ever gets a title. You know, I, I don't think they could do it. I mean, unless, you know. The the El Generico character never really seemed poised to be, like, a top champion kind of character. Yeah. He didn't. He's like Jake the Snake. He didn't need it. Um, no, and like you were saying, Steen doesn't need it either. The difference is, is Steen's got way more personality than, like, anybody else on the roster. Yeah, it's and if you're if you're trying to get eyes on your program and you've got a new TV show, you need somebody who can talk the talk and walk the walk. So I mean, Davy Richards, great wrestler, Amazing. immaculate wrestler, spectacular. All all the all the personality of Elmer School Glue on a white styrofoam plate. Answer normal fault of his own, but yeah, it's, I mean you're 100 percent right on that. And that's a lot of people. There's a lot of really great wrestlers who are really lacking on the mic. Kevin Steen demands it. The Kevin Steen character 
the charisma is so strong that like it takes over like you're invested like that's the guy yeah Davey Richards didn't have that effect when he would come out it's like oh it's Davey Richards yeah um yeah and like Steen's in a very unique position um where he listen he doesn't need the title to be over but Ring of Honor needed Kevin Steen New world champion. That's basically what happened there. Um, now, in the in the in the future booking for um, for El Generico, you know, you want. I think, you know, I don't think he goes to the dark side with Kevin Steen. I don't think you know how many times that story I've been told. You know, we're bitter enemies and then we're friends again. Right. Um, I, I could see him maybe having. If he ever won the world title, I don't think it'd be like some long reign. It would be like a couple months, maybe, and he'd probably drop it back to like a Kevin Steen mm-hmm. or somebody else. Maybe you could have a healthy uh, TV title, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe he scrounges up another tag partner, tag champs again. I think it's great to listen now. Like you listen to stuff now where they're talking about how good Sami Zayn's brain buster is. It's like it's because that's that was his move. Yeah. Um, would you keep would you keep him solo or would you put him on a team and put him in a stable? Um I mean with with who they have right now, he'd have to stay solo. Because there's nobody I think that would benefit, and I don't think he would benefit from teaming with anybody currently on the roster. Um, it'd be fun to see him in a feud with with Reed Dragon. You know, maybe those guys keep like jumping him. You know, and then uh, you know, and like fun. you you go later, like what El Generico Dalton Castle could be fun. That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah. Having El Generico feud with like. I know this is a bit later, but like Mexico Squad. Hmm. Yeah. Have, you could almost have something like the, the honorary Oose hmm. storyline, but it's El Generico with like all the actual luchadors. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I, I, I think the El Generico character was fun. But you. The athlete who now performs as Sami Zayn could not show off his personality under that mask. Yeah. Would you ever unmask him? It was. I think you'd have to. Does she knowing what we know now? I mean, I think that could easily be a part of it, right? You could have had the mask be on the line. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, when he fought Kevin Steen, um, you know, career versus mask. I mean, it was career versus mask. So, um, I mean, I think, I think in Michael Elgin versus Sami Zayn program, or uh, El Generico program, I mean, a big guy, I mean, he takes a whooping, you know? Um, yeah. I'd like to see, 
not a program. I mean, obviously we're high on. Actually, you know what would be really fun would be um, Chapa. You know, because 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 Chapa can dish out a fucking whooping and everything. So, would you have ever given him the TV title? It's so basing is purely on what I've seen in water so far. I don't think so. Yeah. I almost feel like the LG Jericho character is at a point where it feels like he's almost more of like a stepping stone character for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I think, I mean, Elgin, I mean, cause obviously they're shooting Elgin to the moon. Um, you know, it'd be it'd be fun. Like I said, if he was like teaming up with Adam Cole, and then when the Adam Cole fucking heel turn goes on, over, I mean, you know, generico, you know, as long as Adam Cole would be a heel, um, you know, the chances are endless. But it's crazy. That I did not realize this. I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but yeah, he's in WWE a month later. So, well, Will, my friend, you want to hear our good friend, uh, our friend Brendan's ideas here? Yes. What a Let's hear what Brendan's answer to his own question was. All right. In his own words, I had two ideas. Um, if Kalisto is not signed, he'd bring him in to uh, combat scum, and the two would go for it and then maybe take tag team titles. Uh, Kalisto and obviously El Generico would be a lot of fun. Um, oh, wow. They were timing and evolve at the time, so I think so. Uh, the other idea is after his loss, he ends up in a six-man with two other people, uh, maybe CT Wrestle Factory against Scum. Uh, Scum cheat again. They pinch Nerico, get so frustrated, he destroys uh, CNC and starts becoming a darker character. Um, after a few random feuds, some redemption, him and Steen have another match. Uh, career versus title, which the darker version of Nerico wins and finally becomes ROH champion for a run. So that's, yeah, that's from Brundon. Um, I was kind of thinking that, like I said, I mean, you could do a lot with a, a darker generico. I mean, you could even make him a different character. Um, that's one of the benefits of a mask. Just give him a different mask and different music. Um, you know, I mean, his his offense, his moveset could be brutal if need be. So, so yeah. yeah it, it'd have to be a big change, though. I mean, the L generic, like the Olay and stuff, it's so over. Yeah, that would be hard. To, it'd be hard to change that, but I mean, it's final battle. It's ladder war. Like, there's there's no real coming back from that. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 nothing you can do. So, you know, so well, awesome. Well, Will, um, I've kept you up super late. I appreciate they're hanging in there with me. Um, this is by far yeah, oh almost. Almost made it through. Um, Will, before we train, uh, post train the station. Do you have any uh, any thoughts? Any uh, thoughts? Shout outs or uh, you know, let's watch this match. Um, watch Final Battle. Watch Ring of Honor. Um, we're going into 20, 2013, Will. So, and you know, thank everybody for tuning in. Thanks for as we discussed it. It's, it hasn't really been a full year, but I mean. Yeah, it's it's we started with Final Battle 2011. Yeah, and here we are, Final Battle 2012. I mean, yeah, I mean, we technically, um, 
didn't review Final Battle 2011, but it was obviously so prevalent. And um, uh, what the fuck am I trying to say? Oh, it was so prevalent on TV at the time that, I mean, it was tough not to. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's really got, I mean, we will have one more episode this year. Uh, this is coming out on um, that stupid holiday known as um, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Um, what the fuck am I watching? Um, I yeah. yeah, happy holidays, everybody. Um, this is really the only thing I like about Christmas, so I'll leave this with everybody. Um, but, Will, thank you. You guys have a good holiday. Tonight, I'm annoying you. Damn it. There we go. I should have keep this up better, but uh Will, I appreciate you, my friend. Uh get some sleep. Tom appreciate you. Um happy holidays, everybody. And we are Audi five thousand.